Hey, what's up, listener? Thanks for pressing play on this episode of the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Our reactions to the Mayweather-McGregor fight. Yes, even the nerd watched it. Bro, do you even podcast? Rugboy's back and gives us his thoughts on the Defenders on Netflix. DC Warner Brothers continue to announce more movies that'll probably never get made. James Cameron makes some bizarre remarks about Wonder Woman and Patty Jenkins strikes back. We got reviews and recommendations of some great stuff we've been watching, listener mailbag, and a whole bunch more geeky goodness. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, August 31st, 2017. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Be nerdy. Be funny. Disturb it. Jock and Be nerdy. Spoiler alert. Oh yeah, that's right, listener. Welcome back. We got more bounce to the ounce. And that's only because I'm gaining weight at an alarming rate. Right here, welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you... Do you think of these things prior, or is that just off just the top? Right, it's, off, it's called off the <laughs> dome. Yeah, just like Mike Rips would appreciate it. It's off the dome. This is the show where we give you comic book and superhero-related news, reviews, and interviews every week. Uh, and it's not always all three of those things. Sometimes it's one. Two out of three ain't bad. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. And he's the rug boy. Welcome back. What's up, rugs? Can you hear me? I can hear you. How you Do doing? Do I sound good? You sound good. my mic is different. Like, I don't know. I, I'm, in, I'm recording from an uh, undisclosed location. Oh, you know what? That kind of clarifies why you were asking me to find you a, a puppet lawyer. Yeah, uh, it's complicated. I can't really discuss anything, but, you know, it's going to be fast and loose. All right. For the next uh, foreseeable future, whether Rugboy uh, is always available. Kind of, You kind of have like a, like a Mr. Robot deal going on. Is that what's going on? Somewhat. <laughs> Mr. I hope it's not like that. Well, then <laughs> I think he gets Puffin. killed. All right, look, Rugs, just stay under the radar. Don't call any attention to yourself. You'll be fine. We'll get you out of this. Yes. We'll start a GoFundMe for your legal defense uh, right it's, away. A go fuck yourself. A go fuck yourself for that may be better. Uh, look, this is what we're going to do. If you're new to the show, here's the show rundown. We're going to have some news. We have jock news and nerd news. Uh, we're going to get Anthony's reaction on the Maymac. Did you see the fight? The big fight, fight of the century. We're going to talk about what happened. And then we got some DCE and the EU news. We'll get Rugboy's thoughts on Defenders since we missed him on our review last week. If you want to check out the, our Defenders review, go back, listen to last week's show. Lots of fun. Uh, and then I got some re reviews, some things I watched I want to touch on, and some emails from our listener. And there's the show. Sounds good. Okay, cool. let's get strap in for two hours because that, that doesn't even though that doesn't seem like a lot, you'll oh, be here. We, we we'll have stretch a, it. We have a way of stretching things out. It's like, like an like, old man scrotum. Like rug boy slack hole. Let's get to the news. The Jock, Jock and Nerd Podcast. Listener, if you want to get in touch with the show, you know what I'm going to say if you've been listening. If you're a new listener, you have no idea what I'm going to say. And what I'm going to say is visit jockandnerd.com slash contact for our Twitter uh, our Facebook, our fun Facebook group, email, all that stuff. Show notes, jockinner.com slash 184 for this episode. All right, uh, guys, 
Did you see the fight? There was there was a big fight. I watched the fight. I I actually watched the fight too. Oh shit! Anthony, well, you left us hanging last episode. You said I was going to be at a wedding, and uh, I was very concerned that you were going to miss this. What happened? I recorded the fight. Okay, I so watched it. You got to see it. I was live tweeting Anthony the whole fight. <laughs> oh, I was that, doing the that breakdown. Was, that was fine. I you appreciated were, that. You were, and the like. The most amazing thing is, dude, you fucking called it. You called it. Oh shit. It's on tape in the last show. You called the results. Who did? Anthony. Oh, okay. You can. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I threw two rounds out there, so I can't say I can't be like oh, pretty good standing on top of the the mountain saying I did it because I threw two rounds out there. A real prediction would have just been one, but eh, I'll take a little credit for the. Well, I figured that was going to happen because I I felt like that if. If McGregor didn't win the fight early on, then it was going to be kind of like that Rocky situation where he's going to try and hang in as long as he possibly can before he gasses out. So for the listener that has been living under a rock and has no idea, Anthony said TKO ninth or 10th round and TKO 10th round Mayweather is exactly what happened. Anthony, what'd you think overall? It kind of seemed like it played out the way uh, you thought it was going to play out. Uh, To an extent. I mean... Anybody that watched the fight through their specific lens probably watched the fight and was like, yeah, that it confirmed what I thought. So a boxing fan was probably like, oh, man, uh, of course Mayweather was going to win. This is a pre and everyone knew. And a, a real MMA fan that's just not uh, a dick rider yeah. was probably like, oh, yeah, I, I told you Connor would do a lot better. <laughs> and then the casual fan was probably like. Oh, that was kind of entertaining. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I'm watching. So uh, give me your quick recap in your words for maybe the listener that hasn't fucking seen this or knows. Or, or just doesn't really know what happened um, yes. or understand what happened. Yeah. Um, basically, the early rounds McGregor won uh, basically because Mayweather was kind of slightly confused by what he was doing yeah. and just was kind of very cautious because... As Rugboy stated, if McGregor was going to win, which the chances were slim, he was going to do it early. Had to be right away. It had to be right away. There was and no way he could keep up with him. There's no way. No, there was. Well, there wasn't. It wasn't only the fact that McGregor just has bad stamina, which is the case even in MMA. But um, this is also a longer fight, and Mayweather decided to switch tactics about midway through the fight once he kind of figured out what McGregor was doing and started to pressure him. And started to do what they call um, kind of fight like a Hispanic fighter, which is put your gloves up and just dig your head into his chest. And ah. he basically did that to McGregor for throughout, throughout the rest of the fight, which I threw McGregor off. Well, yes, yeah. it threw him off and further sapped uh, McGregor's energy. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the fight, McGregor was completely gassed and uh, Mayweather won. And uh, it was very smart tactically for Mayweather to do that. You could see him. Did getting you ever tired. feel that McGregor? Was at an advantage and Mayweather was in trouble at any point in the fight? Uh, there were two moments. There was one moment in the first round where he caught him with a nice uppercut leaning in, but Mayweather basically shook it off. Like nothing. It, like he didn't even seem physically imp- impacted at all. And then there was a spot in the ninth round where it's kind of hard to tell. He threw a body shot that Mayweather seemed to be hurt by, but. Um, the referee ruled it a low blow. It wasn't a low blow. It was actually a good body shot. But I don't know if the thing about Mayweather is he tends to kind of embellish fouls. So I don't know if he was just like reacting to just get a point taken away or he was uh, actually hurt by the body shot. So it's hard to tell. It up. So McGregor won like the first three rounds, four rounds. 
You could yeah. say he won the first three for sure, I would say. The fourth round's kind of a toss-up, and then some people are debating the eighth round, too. Uh, so was it McGregor getting away with the legal shit a little bit in the in those first three rounds? Yeah, but I mean, it was like instinctual. I mean, it wasn't like it's it's stuff he's learned in MMA that's legal in MMA, and I think he was just doing he kept it. Going like behind him and stuff, and then and then well, that's not that's not illegal. Okay, going but then Mayweather him is would turn illegal. his back and like crouch. All right, I'll tell you what was going that? on there. Yeah. So McGregor actually has really good footwork. And was cutting an angle on Mayweather to actually get behind him. In MMA, if you get behind him, you can still keep fighting. Right. Um, so he would actually cut an angle and get behind him. And Mayweather, um, who never really does this, would kind of just go into the fetal position because Mayweather was trying to entice a foul, basically. That was like two different styles and a little bit of like he couldn't figure out what he was doing. And they're not used to each other's styles in the beginning. Well, it's McGregor not being used to not being able to take someone's back. Now, were you surprised at McGregor's performance or not at all? I'll give him credit. He uh, he he did the best he can do given the circumstances of it being his first pro boxing fight right? and only having six weeks. I would say he did well. I wasn't thoroughly impressed, though, because honestly, I think a lot of the rounds he won, it was just Mayweather not doing anything. Right, but he's still just winning taken. rounds. It's still, he's still winning rounds. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but it's also I'll, I don't want to take too much away from Connor because it is very impressive that he won rounds against Mayweather. But Mayweather's forty. He look any young boxer that is talented that would have fought he was Mayweather. Being overly night. cautious. Right. Anyone uh, anyone that's good now probably would have knocked out Mayweather. Right. Okay. That, that wow. He's 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 a very diminished form of himself. So it was a combination of a few things, but. Credit where it's due. McGregor won a few rounds against the, I, I, the best. You know, I didn't think Connor embarrassed himself. And just like you said, for a guy who's never boxed to fight the best boxer of the generation in his first fight, I thought he pre- he held his own for what he could do for the most part pretty well. Yeah, but it was very noticeable after that sixth and round it, that yeah. there was no he was he wasn't. He was win. so gassed, and then like tenth round, Mayweather's like brap brap brap, couple of quick strikes, <laughs> brap brap brap, and astute brap. analysis, and then the ref calls it. And I kind of wish he had let him knock the fucker out. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it was called a little prematurely, but at the end of the day, I mean, May- McGregor was completely gassed. Yeah, he was done. And he was done. I mean, it, 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 it was it's either going to end that way or it's going to end with him on the canvas. And I mean, as a fight fan, you want to see him, you want to see it finished, but as a fan of human beings, it's yeah. fine, whatever. Yeah, let's not get brutal. I guess. And let's then, not get brain damage and here. Then we're, they were, we're very good. respectable to each other afterwards. Like that moment where they're they're kind of talking to each other after the fight, and you could see that they're like, good good show, good show. You, you did good. And they had a lot of respect. I like that. Well, I want to go into real quick why McGregor got tired. Okay. First off, he's never fought 36 minutes. The longest fight he's ever fought is 25. That was my question. How long is a general average but, MMA? But MM, I, would, I would also argue, though, MMA is physically more exhausting yes, than boxing. Yes. So that's not necessarily why. It was more the fact that so McGregor likes to fight. He has very long arms and he has great timing. So he likes to fight at a certain distance where the guy is away from him. The guy's away and he can like punch him and then get away, punch him, get away. What Mayweather was doing was he was crowding him and re- getting that distance so that yeah. if you watch the fight, Mayweather, McGregor, once Mayweather was pressuring him, McGregor's punches were just like pitter patter because he didn't, he, he couldn't ever set his feet and actually punch the guy. Uh, McGregor 
didn't know what to do basically mm-hmm. he didn't expect it mm-hmm. and mayweather's been fighting his entire life it's like he was not only putting physical pressure on him but he was putting mental yeah. pressure on him of wow. this guy is in my face and making me back up every single moment of this fight I, and can, i don't know what to do yeah, it doesn't give him a moment to think about his next no. move so that when you're thinking that much that's exhausting in, in anything yeah. it's exhausting wow Wow, and man, Mayweather got him a couple of times with his right square in the face. So many times, uh, it was amazing. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, look at that shot!" Well, he's he's, a, he's been boxed. It's like I heard this analysis analogy on Joe Rogan, but it's like for boxing is like tying your shoes for Mayweather. Like yeah, yeah. the first time you learn how to tie your shoes, you're like, I gotta fucking put the loop through, and I gotta double knot it, and I think about it. Now that when you tie your shoes, unless you're Imran and you're you're using the I slip-ons wear, or I still Velcro, wear Velcro. Yes. Um, <laughs> you tie your shoes in without even thinking. Well, it's like, like play, that's the difference. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just a, a, it, a wider range of experience in that one discipline. And it's similar to musicians. I know a lot of guys who play guitar, and they're so right. good that it's effortless and it's amazing. And you're like, it doesn't even look like you're trying. And you're so. You, it's like good. you don't even think about where, like, no. where you have to strum the keys it's, or anything right. like that. It's, it's just instinctual all... muscle memory. Man, entertaining fight though. Yeah, yeah you. Got, I thought it was good. Worth the hundred dollars. Let's talk about how everybody watched <laughs> the fight. Anthony, did you pay for the fight? My dad paid for the fight, yeah. so I went over and watched it. And immediately after, he was like, "I got fucking suckered. I knew that was going to happen." <laughs> A lot of people are upset. Rugs, did you pay for the fight? Uh, if I answer this question, it'll it'll. Make my case even oh, worse. Oh, you were already in the puppet witness protection program yeah, while past but, uh, you. I, I saw the fight. I'll tell you that. Okay. I saw it. Okay. I, w- I started <laughs> watching it uh, around the sixth round on Periscope by some kind-hearted soul who just was shooting his TV. And I hear there was a lot of people who just shot their TVs, put it live on YouTube, free stream. So on behalf of everyone who saved $100 to you guys streaming the fight, thank you very much because we got to experience the shared thing so yeah i just watched it on my phone on periscope i was like this is awesome uh what, here's what's funny is i'm out stealing but, yeah, look it was it was a little bit stealing well, if you pay for the fight you're just you're that not guy paid it. for the fight yeah. Right. yeah didn't say what he's gonna do with the fight yeah so so we will i wanted to know how much money they make i guess they have to wait a week to get like there, the so there's a lot of uh so the all-time pay-per-view record in america is mayweather pacquiao yeah and they made, I think they sold 4.4 million of those. Whoa. Dana White is quoted as saying some, he got recorded after the fight and he's saying worldwide. Now it's just a Instagram video of him talking casually. Okay. That this sold 6.5 million pay-per-views. Holy shit. There's an early So you take 6.5 and throw that times a hundred bucks and. Holy shit. They're rolling in the cash if that's true. Check this out. This is crazy too. That oh, weekend. Oh, wait, wait. But yeah. I, also but before you say that. Yeah. There's an estimate that like over two to three million people watch this fight illegally. Oh yeah. Or and not, I might not even be that. I think it's two or three million streams were caught. Well, wasn't it delayed because they were having trouble with yeah, the, the pay per view stream so, and the paid so, people were having issues. Yes. So the because everyone was ordering it all at once and the systems were just crashing. This is how savvy Mayweather is as a businessman. I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast and what he had Brendan Schaub on, who was doing the Showtime broadcast. Yeah, they were Mayweather was heard that like, oh, you know, like, hey, a lot of people are having trouble ordering this fight. So he was like, fuck this, delay the fight. Let's get everyone ordering it. Oh so shit, he he's was he one. was literally like, yeah, he, well, because he run he basically runs runs the whole operation. Oh, he's in with the Showtime guy. That's so right. He's like he's like 
even though, even in the midst of getting ready for a fight, he's like, "Fuck this! I got to be a savvy businessman. Delay the fight." Wow, that's interesting because he wants the green guys. He definitely does. He, oh, but yeah. he's already getting paid, so he really didn't have to do that. Oh no, yes, he, no, he is. Oh. See, they, Mayweather and McGregor get a cut of oh, everything. Oh, so they're they like get a cut of every pay per view. Okay, they get a so cut of every um, ticket sold, every yeah. merchandise sold. So that's why after the fight, McGregor was like, "Yep, I'm getting my fucking auditor in here, and we are auditing the shit out." Of I this need whole to know thing. exactly how many things every are paid. Single number, Holy shit! It's all money in my pocket. So yeah, I'm sure both of them are like, "That's cool. We can wait 20 minutes. Just get oh, yeah. this thing fucking rolling." So a couple of interesting news stories regarding all that. First of all, Fathom Events. You know how they did? They do like the DC movies. They'll do a, a yeah, run. I heard about this. Fathom Events. Uh, they played. They had a theatrical bo- broadcast of the fight. They grossed 2.6 million dollars at 532 movie theaters. Now, this summer's box office has been so shitty. They're saying. It's the least amount of tickets sold in 25 years in terms of summer monies. This that that 2.6 million put it in the in the top 10 of the movie box office oh, shit. for the oh, week. For the week, how right. great! That's how shitty that weekend of movies was. The Hitman's Bodyguard made 3.8. Annabelle's Creation made 2.8. Birth of a Dragon made 2.5. So the McGregor fight made Whoa. more than a fucking movie, uh, which is crazy. Hey. That's reasonable. I mean, the Super Bowl does fucking gangbusters. So it's like a sporting events are big, you know, it's just that this sport particularly is not as popular as it once was. This is true, but just anecdotally, yeah. I, I, there were people, you guys, I mean, there were people talking about this fight that I never talked to about yes. boxing or yes. MMA. Yes. That were like, hey, who do you think is going to win? How are we going to watch this fight? And I'm like, wait, you never watch. Like, I think this was honestly a, a big cultural event. Uh, as it got closer to their bout, man, you could, everyone was started talking about it everywhere and like, you felt it. I'm like, shit, I got to find a stream. And I just kept trekking Twitter and hashtags. Boxing might not be boxing or MMA might not be as pop, especially boxing might not be as popular as it once was. MMA is kind of coming up, but anytime you stick two crazy like personalities in and you hit the right and you set off the match, I mean, Fight's a fight. People are going to want to watch that shit. It was entertaining. And like you just said, uh, not everyone was happy with the quality of the stream that Showtime was providing. Uh, another article. I think that was UFC that was providing. Oh, UFC was providing yeah. it. Uh, a lawsuit has been filed in the U.S. District Court for the District of Oregon by Zach Bartel against Showtime oh, yeah. Networks, Showtime, you're right. yeah, Inc., alleging that Bartel and thousands of other fight fans across the country did not have clear access to view the fight despite paying the full advertised fee quote, instead of being a witness to history as defendant had promised, the only thing plaintiff witnessed was Grady video error screens, buffer events and stalls states the complaint, which includes a screenshot demonstrating the poor quality of the video that Bartel saw, as opposed to the 1080 P resolution and 60 frames per second advertised by Showtime. This is hilarious because it reminds me of the last two seasons of Silicon Valley on HBO. Like this, they just use Richard's compression. This never would have happened. They need Pied Piper up in there providing the video compression. Wow, that's a reach there. That's, wow. a, right, that's a deep cut to get to Silicon Valley. Yeah. But I just thought it was interesting. People, all people banned in the stream. And then the best thing, dude snuck into the fight. Oh, shit. I think this is that same guy who snuck into the press conference, Conor McGregor. Dude, so, didn't you show me that video, Anthony? No. You never show, there's a video of this dude who, who pretends to be part of the entourage and it sneaks in. 
32-year-old Oliver Regis told the son exactly how he got away with sneaking into one of the biggest fights and landed in the third row among starts. So it says he apparently bought a ticket in the nosebleed section that cost over $2,000, but rather than sit tight in the horrid seats, he took a chance. He slyly pretended to be part of Mayweather's entourage. No one asked questions, checked his ticket, or noticed he didn't belong. He says, I did feel a little bit cheeky, but this was a once-in-a-lifetime chance. I cannot believe it worked. Listener, I'll put a link. Cheeky. He, he's, I think he's English. It must be the same mm. guy. Because gotta then be English. he has photos of him with celebrities. He goes, there was quite a few empty seats. I sat down in the third row and Mike Tyson then sat down behind me. LeBron James was on my row. I could see Leonardo DiCaprio. There's photos of him with selfies with uh, 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 Dana White and Chris Hemsworth and Jamie Foxx is right there. I'm trying to see if you actually know the names of all these people. <laughs> and who's that girl? I don't Demi know. Demi Lovato. Oh, that's Demi Lovato. And there's Mike Tyson, I see. And uh, who's? Uh, I think that's most of them. Oh, Gerard and there's Butler. Buffy and Gerard Butler. That's Gerard Butler. Jennifer Lopez. I just Lopez. can't get over the word cheeky. Oh, it's, I felt a bit <laughs> cheeky, but I went in anyways. Like, what do you mean? Like, feel like an ass cheek? Like <laughs> a butt cheek? And I got an ass? Like an the, asshole the, reference? The English, they, they don't think like that. They, something with their cheek makes them laugh. But good for this dude sneaking <laughs> into the fight. Uh, the balls on this guy. Love it. We're going to have uh, one of the guys over in England uh, is describe to me. <laughs> what exactly is cheeky? Uh, finally, my question, Anthony, to you, both of you guys. <laughs> will there be a rematch? Should there be? No, but there probably will be. Will there be? I'd lean towards no. I guess there's no reason to. The only way you could do a rematch and it be something that m- people might be interested in is if you did it in MMA. Oh, but. The, yeah, but the thing is, is yes, the, Floyd. I mean, Floyd has is a great boxer, but he, he will never put yeah, he will never, never put him himself in a situation no, where he thinks he, he could lose. Yeah, he's and not going to agree to that. Conor McGregor will murder him in MMA, and so Conor could just talk shit about how oh he'd never come into my ring, but I stepped into his ring anyways. He, he yeah, I mean, Conor, that. Conor can he use that. Conor's Conor came out of this. If the only way he would have looked better is if he won. They he both came got out of this paid. Looking, He's like, I got paid, bitch. I'm he, fine. he came out of this looking about as good as you can losing a yeah, fight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well done. Very entertaining. Uh, so another till the next fight of the century. I don't, I don't know who that is. It wasn't yeah, the fight of this. It was called the money fight. Oh, it's more of the that cash was the grab. It's the, next, the next cash grab fight. Now we can seal the door on the jock stuff. Yes. Now let's get <laughs> to the nerd up. stuff. Uh, let's just oh. do this. Bro, do Terrible. you even podcast? Who cares? A jock said that. Jocktastic. Uh, Cleanse the palate. How do you cl- go from a, an awesome real fight to things that are just completely fiction? Let's talk don't about. Don't, uh, don't matter. Let's talk about a, a, a <laughs> fake black bulletproof guy and a, and a shitty white ninja. Let's talk about important things. Important things like a guy who wears horns on a helmet and fights crime in Hell's Kitchen. Of course, the defenders. You got our thoughts. Last episode, Ruggs, I need to know. I'm dying to know. Can did you hear-, hear our thoughts first off, Ruggs? No, I didn't. Okay, oh, did so it. then this okay. is completely I've been, fresh. I, okay. I, I I tried to listen to the show, but I got caught up in other stuff. So I, I, I'm i going to complete it at some point soon. Okay. But, um, okay. Which I wish I had your thoughts, because I probably would have just copied what you said. And I'd have to think for myself. But, um, <laughs> no, this is even better. I'm we like to your test work. you sometimes. Yes. Work that cotton brain. The defenders. Let's see. Uh, I thought that um, it was enjoyable because of the eight episode limit, and that it kept things moving. Like they, it forced them to have to like uh, be a little bit quicker in the pace, even though the first two episodes were slow as fuck. Danny Rand was annoying yeah. as usual. He got a little bit better as it went, but not much. 
not enough to actually impress me. I like the Lectra's character to a degree, but I feel like that um, the ending wasn't what I thought it would be. I felt like underwhelmed by the ending. And also, there's an elevator shot where they're, they're taking the elevator down. Yeah. The green screen is so bad yeah. that it just pulled me right out of the fucking thing. <laughs> I, I punched that. Anthony caught that. I, did, I didn't, that, I didn't Holy notice that. Holy fuck balls. Like, who, who allowed that? I noticed the shitty green screen when the guy fell down the elevator. Yeah, show. it's just, and like, it just, it didn't, the crescendo wasn't a crescendo enough. It was like underwhelming. Like, I don't understand the plot point of like, Sigourney Weaver wants to go and get this, this fucking dragon bones so she can continue to be. Yeah, doesn't make, it's vague. Yeah. And then like how many dragon there's a lot of dragon bones in there it seems like there's a lot like what do you like nobody and, and they didn't ever explain what the black sky is nope they just kept on saying it like it meant something um i would have loved to have seen a fucking real dragon an alive dragon yeah at the yeah. end of this shit yeah like even if it was asleep and it just woke up or something like it'd be cool to be like just see luke cage's face after that happens i mean that's uh, what i wanted in iron fist that they didn't show us no fucking dragon yeah um, didn't get in that dragon. No, I don't think we're good. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> Let's say I feel like they underpowered a lot of people. Like Jessica Jones could do so much more shit, but she didn't do anything hardly. All their powers are inconsistent all over the place. Yeah, we did discuss that also. So uh, yeah, it was kind of a weird thing. The hallway fight was interesting, and that was like a cool standout fight scene. And th- and I don't remember anything else really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Daredevil is still be- the best show out of all of these shows. Absolutely. Um, it's more memorable. It's just, it, it impressed me more when I was watching it. I got more of those goosebumps when you're watching the show. Defenders was cool and all, but like, and it was enjoyable. I'm not going to say it was bad, but I'm just saying that it was underwhelming. That's, yes. that's basically what I, where I'll leave it at. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sounds good. I, where I, would... my, the first word I said was disappointing. Disapp- so slightly disappointing. I said it was overall just empty. Imran kind of shallow. You also rated it. But you did gave you it like an that... eight out of 10 or something. No, did you I think that six. the shorter <laughs> episodes helped it or hurt it? Well, Anthony had a good uh, take on this. Yes and no. Like, it, it, even though it was eight, there was parts of it that dragged. There was parts of it that needed more uh, exposition, but then they added exposition where it wasn't that. That's the fault of the writers. Yeah, Yeah, no, I was going to say that it felt too long and too short at the same time. It felt too short because we got introduced to three villains that I didn't meet before, and they got no character development, and then it was too long in that it seemed like the plot was fucking thin as shit, and then stretched it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, I still don't really understand what they were looking for underneath. I still don't really understand the black sky, and you had eight episodes and four Netflix series before this to kind of explain that and still didn't. This really could almost have been like a two hour movie. Really? If you took, right. if you took out the three extra fucking members of the hand and compacted it, you could have had, and like that could have been cool. What did you it, think of uh, Sigourney Weaver? She was okay. Did you, I felt I mean, like she was underused. Yeah. I mean like she did, what she did was fine. Everything that she did was fine. She wasn't like, um, bringing it down at all. She was actually elevating it. When she was on but screen. Then they just waste her with a stupid but decision. Yeah, they didn't do anything with her. Wow. Um, yeah, I felt like uh, she could have been a cool, ominous character that was like kind of more omnip- omnipotent. They and were powerful. hinting at it. They did hint at it, but as I said, every- they, they, there's so much restraint on these yeah. shows. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. Like, something, it's a superhero show. One dude has a costume. That's the other thing that bu- yeah. really bugged us in terms of restraint. There, there's one thing or there's one review that i read that actually kind of sums up how i feel about this you've got a man a bulletproof 
black man, yeah. a white girl that can is strong as fuck and can jump, a a guy that wears wears a horn suit and then and can sense everything, and a guy with an iron fist, and they're fighting inside the dragon, uh, the bone, uh, the bones of a dragon, right? Yeah. On paper, sounds like fucking epic as fuck and fantasy yeah. filled. Yeah. And then when you put it on screen, the way they portrayed it, it's so grounded that they've taken all the coolness out of anything that, about that. Yeah. Too grounded. Yeah. I mean, look, when, when you've seen other shows that are like Game of Thrones, for right. example, yeah. where they just, when it's time to fucking have some shit happen, it's fucking memorable as fuck. They right. go for it. Yeah. Yeah. They really do fucking spare no expense and try and make it worth it. So I, I feel like that they cut down the episodes and they, sh- they should have had more money to do more things. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really that moment either. There was a couple of like, oh shit moments, but nothing that but they, they never like, they never go full comic book, and, no. and, but they, but they introduce comic booky things, but then yes. they're like, but we'll put it in a dark cave or we'll put it in a hall or put like, it's never these exciting sets or anything like that. Oh, the sets were not good. Uh, yeah, they never, they never go to China and it's really Queens. <laughs> yes, it's really a dock in Queens. Rugs, where would you rank this in the Marvel shows? Oh, it's definitely better than uh, Iron Fist. Oh, yeah, well, that's, a, more that's fun a, to watch. Yeah, that's yeah. a no-brainer. It was better than the last half of Luke Cage, mm, too. Agreed. Uh, so I, I'd put it there. I think that's I where we I still think Jessica it. Jones yeah, yeah. and uh, Daredevil and the Daredevils are, are better. Are, yeah, are, are head and shoulders above uh, anything that we've seen. Uh, Jessica Jones on a writing standpoint, yeah. and Daredevil from the action standpoint. Mm. Yep. Um. And cinematography of Daredevil's yep. also. That's exactly so, what we had. Where we had it. So, um, those two things, they're really um never hit that benchmark again. Let's go with they a just haven't a number rating for you, Rugs, out of ten. Oh, no, <laughs> putting you on the spot. You know he's not good with numbers. I'm, like, I, I'm gonna say like I don't know, like a, a six point five. I've been giving a lot of six point five. That's my go to score. It's such a I great like, number when I when I don't hate something, but <laughs> yes. I don't like it either. I just six point five. Six point five is like a man. What did you I, go, Imran? You went seven. I said six or seven, uh, so probably six point five. Also, like I agreed with the average weighted score. I went. I went four point eight. Oh, yeah, you went Holy shit way low. I like this, Anthony. I like this. Take a fucking stance. <laughs> All right. Take a bow. He's like four fuckers. <laughs> Uh, so look for Netflix, despite the content, despite the fact that it was just kind of like a weak crossover, this series is important to them because they are using this series to study their audience. They're watching the data because, uh, here it says, how do they watch the data? I'll tell you, here's from wired. One story says the defenders premiered last week. So it'll be a while before Netflix gains an exhaustive understanding of viewers but they are watching the data closely. A thorough understanding of it will make Netflix more adept at recommending programs. Yes, but it will also provide Netflix with a better idea of the shows it ought to make in the first place. Netflix has never brought stars from four shows together in an ensemble cast before. And the experiment could help determine whether it should do it again. Only a small fraction of viewers watched all four programs that inspired the defenders, but many people watched at least a couple of them. So from comicbook.com, they have more information. They say for general audiences, Jessica Jones is the jumping on point of choice. They then typically move on to both season of Daredevil, then Luke Cage, and then Iron Fist. Uh, Netflix estimates that one in eight users are not familiar with the content based on comic books before beginning the Defenders. So their first Netflix Marvel series is also their first superhero TV series. Another interesting note it says here was that those who watch Jessica Jones typically followed it up with Daredevil and vice versa, 
while those who began with Luke Cage usually went next to Iron Fist and vice versa. Do you want to so, see? I'm looking at the their tracker. Yeah. And they're linking what people watch on Netflix to other Netflix shows. Did you see that? Yeah, it's uh, that's pretty cool. How do I zoom in on this? So, for instance, Jessica Jones has a lot of crossover with Making a Murderer, Stranger ah, Things, or Master uh-huh. of None. Okay. Daredevil is a lot closer to House of Cards. Luke Cage is closer to Shameless or Black Mirror. Yeah. And then Iron Fist, no one watches. No, uh, the Vampire <laughs> Diaries or Grace and Frankie. Oh, ew. And the uh, the 100. So, it's. I mean, I think this data is very fascinating and it's going to I mean, you didn't notice them. on Netflix when you pull up stuff, what they recommend yes. to you is based yes. on your watch habits? Yes. They, they uh, study all that shit. Yeah. and But the fact that, like, there's the four different shows leading to one, how many people watch which one and which order to get there, uh, they may or not may try more crossovers with some of their other shows uh, once all You know this- what will eventually happen with that data? What happens? Before you start playing your Netflix show, you'll get a targeted ad. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. Wow. Mm. No. Boo, that's what happens to the data. They use it to sell they you shit. They use it to sell you sh- something. I just, I thought it was interesting how, that. how the normals watch the Netflix Marvel shows. Because I know a lot of, uh, of like, girls, I'm like, you would love Jessica Jones. They're like, what's the Defenders? And they're like, I got to watch all this shit. I'm like... Well, yeah, but you might like Jessica Jones. This person might like Daredevil. This person might like Luke Cage. So it's very interesting how... Yeah, it's interesting. You could just watch Jessica Jones, You though. could. But if you like that, then you're going to want to see more of her because you love the character, but you'll be disappointed right. when you watch The Defenders. Which well, when you watch... Not doing much. You watch Jessica Jones, and then you watch this. She doesn't do shit. She doesn't like, do it's shit, like, yeah. 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 You get to, like, she just jump has the great, She just has the best lines. She yeah. has. She did have the best, best jabs at everyone, I thought, yeah. was hilarious. Uh, also, a couple of follow-ups. We have a photo from Luke Cage Season 2. Misty Knight already has her bionic arm, people. Geek in this photo, they're in a garage, and it's a shitty-looking prosthetic arm. So I'm assuming it's going to evolve. That's all Danny Rand can afford because he sucks. I, I don't see how in this, the way, even though it's supposed to be part of the larger yeah. MCU, yeah. I, don't think, I don't see how in the Netflix series that arm will be anything other than a just a prosthetic arm. Yeah, I think that's about as bionic as it's going to get. You, I think you kind of see like this clear plastic. There may be wires and then it just like reacts to her. But it's not going to be like in the comic books where it's like cables and it's gold and you, shiny. You, and- th- this shot of what's going on yeah. already sums up how the Netflix series have been going. Pretty much. So just what you got here, shitty. again, Yes. bulletproof black guy Yeah. next to a cop with a bionic arm. Yeah. And they are in a garage. They're in a garage. That's about it. <laughs> a garage. That's their some fucking setting. Cars. There's some Uber pools, Uber X's in the background. Like, again, they, like, ground this fuck out of this stuff. And some of it is great, and then some of it just it needs a I don't push. mind it being grounded. Yeah. Just, I want to just... The action's got to not be grounded. That's where you can just go crazy. When you have, like... Okay, they, they exist in a world that's, that we all know, but... When it's time for fucking Jessica Jones to pick up a car and throw it at somebody, Show me the whole let thing. her do it. Yes. Right. Instead of just you see the car move and you cut to her like kind of faking dropping the car. Really? How about you just show me her picking up a fucking car? They don't car have the money. That's really what, what it is. You need a crane and fucking just they don't have screen. the money. They, they don't, don't have, they they don't have the money or Jesus. and these shows are rushed. They don't have the time. They are. They are. They are rushed. As as we talked in the, in our, our review, like they didn't know what was in the hole until they started writing the Defenders. Right. And uh, that's why. There's fucking dragon bones in the hole. 
which I was like, nobody could have guessed that. Fucking, fucking Dragon Bones. Dragon Bones. Last thing, that we got another. So there was that Punisher trailer, Rugs. Did you watch that at the end of episode eight? Yeah. What do you think of that? Ah, uh, what he? You just see him with the uh, he's with hit, the skull. Well, he's hitting. Remember, he's hitting the concrete. Yes. And uh, you see a bunch of shots, and then it, the concrete's like in a skull thing. Yeah, it's like a John Wick thing. It's a very much John Wick thing, which uh, which is what he does to get his weapons. We have another little teaser, which has more of the cast, and uh, it's kind of glitchy and it's cool. And at the end, it glitches over the date. Uh, so we still like they're really being really. Uh, uh, they don't want to tell us the date. It's like glitchy twenty seventeen, and we all still think what I from what I'm reading, it's November. But it's really interesting that they don't want to reveal the date yet. I wonder why. Who knows? I. They're just they're just doing this to be to be dicks. That's what they do. They they, they tease. <laughs> Fucking they tease. dicks. Hopefully we'll see another um uh super uh, another superhero, another character in Punisher, maybe. I hope. Um uh, well, you're gonna, who would you want to see in Punisher? You're gonna I mean, get Daredevil, what's her name, the Daredevil girl. would make sense. Page. Uh Karen Page is in there. I'm talking about one of the four. You think one of them will show up? I don't think or a side it. character. No? Oh. Not even the Daredevil? Like that's where uh we met him. They have a connection. Nah. Like, why wouldn't he need Matt? You could probably see Luke Cage trying to intervene. And you could see yes. Daredevil. I mean, Daredevil is, then, I mean, is the antithesis kind of the Punisher. Right. The guy that, that won't kill. They, well, they I think that so Luke well. Cage is good because Punisher has a gun and the gun is useless mm. on Luke Cage. Oh, that's not bad, too. I hope they don't hold back and that this gets pretty brutal and there's some crazy shootout action scenes and uh, show us something. Show us something. All right. Let's move on to uh, the DCEU a little bit. We're catching up on stuff from uh, last week or two weeks ago. Oh, my ago. God. Like two this weeks is ago. Like, this makes me a head spin. There's it, so much shit like going. I can't. I, I can't keep up with it. I can't. Stop it. I, it, it is. It's <laughs> annoying. I'm, I agree. I'm, I'm like, fucking annoyed. Like every time I feel like I'm like coming to grips with it. Something else fucking comes out. just pull the rug out from under me and I'm rug boy. Yeah. How can you pull the rug uh, out of rug boy? Wowie zowie. So yeah. let, look, let's start with like, first of all, Matt Reeves, I think he's going to have to be careful what he says from here on out until these movies come out because he made some comment about, Oh, it's going to be a standalone. It's on a DCEU. Everybody fucking lost their shit. He clarified that look, it is in the DCEU, but it's not connected to the justice league, blah, blah, blah. I, at that point I was like, I don't even fucking care anymore. Uh, he didn't say anything about Ben Affleck, but if this trilogy is obviously it's going to be like a standalone thing. Like I don't trilogy, expect him to trilogy, the, the, the Batman, if he's planning to do the Batman trilogy, uh, he wants to do three movies, but oh. let's let, let's just there can't be. Let's start with the first movie. Set it before all this shit. Get a younger guy. Recast your Batman. Uh, let's just do that. But that made my head spin. Yeah. The crazier shit is all the Joker fucking shit that came out. Yeah. Uh, from yes. from Deadline. Deadline reporting a Joker origin movie in the works with Todd Phillips uh, writing to co-write a script who did The Hangover. Produced by Martin Scorsese. Oh, shit. Uh, and produced with Phillips. And this is supposed to be an origin story that's going to be set in the early 80s. So imagine Scorsese's films from that era like Taxi Driver, Raging Bull. And it's not going to be Jared Leto Joker. But he's producing it. He's not directing it. He's, so. Yeah, he's producing. Yeah, producing no, doesn't mean as much to me. That's true. He's paying for it. Ultimately, I, who knows how much say he will have, but so many things to unpack. Does the Joker need an origin movie? Is this even necessary? I don't know exactly. It depends on what they do, but I feel like that 
If they go and did do some kind of Joker totem thing, I fucking will, will lose my shit. That there always is a Joker and there has oh, to like be a Joker. like they kind of did on Gotham, like they kind of alluded yeah. to. That was no, no. No. I like that. I prefer the Alan Moore origin that was just one bad day and then that's it. In the, you mean in the killing the killing joke origin? Yes. yes. It was one bad day. All these things converged and he just, at, at a certain point, just became an anarchist. Bad place. Wrong place. Wrong time. Batman happened to be there. Sent him over the edge. He snapped. Yeah. Well, Anthony. Well, there's there's that one. There's the he's been around forever thing, which uh, not only was that in Gotham, but I think that was in uh, is it Scott Snyder that writes Batman? Think, Cox? Yeah, I hate that, that, that he's been right. around and forever, mm-hmm. and, and like he's just been kind of passed around. Um, so there's those two. There's a couple of origins. There's also the origin yeah. where he just doesn't really have an origin, and it's yes. just more of the the monster you don't know, and he like and he kind of. Um, makes it up as he goes along. Even in the Killing Joke, he kind of says he makes a an analogy or a, say, a quote that says like, "If you're going to have an origin or a memory or whatever or a beginning, you might as well be multiple choice." So even well, even yeah. then, he's kind of like uh, that doesn't. So if you believe that he doesn't have an origin, really, yeah, then a yeah. Joker origin movie is a complete waste of time and kind of retarded. What would you prefer, though, Anthony? I like po- I like the I like the one bad day, but I also like the. It's just he doesn't fucking care what his origin is. Just a psychopath. He's literally just know. the epitome of anarchy. Um, okay. So I like you both. Kinda, yeah. Um, yeah. As far as this movie, I think it's. I think it could be actually pretty good if you do like a like a horror kind of twist on it, and it's like the the birth of a fucking monster sort of thing. Hmm. Oh. I think that'd be kind of cool. As far as it. And then in the DCEU, it, I don't know what the fuck to make of that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't, I don't I, know why they would do a Joker origin movie with another. Well, we'll, you will talk about it, but. Well, yeah. I mean, they're, 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 this is a, one different Joker. Uh, as far as I. Unless they're would, going. Wait one second. Unless they're, yeah. unless they're jumping right into the multiverse right away, which also some some of this, seems kind of yeah. like a bad idea. But, but some of this feels like that. I also, I love the killing joke origin, but really I like not knowing why the fuck he's a psychopath. I loved Heath Ledger, what they did in the dark night where he just had different stories every right. time. You know, he was like, I don't know how I got these scars. And like, and you didn't know which was real. And like, I he, feel like what psycho. they could do is what if it's an urban legend Type thing where cool. everybody tells their version of where where the Joker came cool. comes from. That's nice. I from their point of view or what yeah. they heard, and like the story just grows and exaggerates. Yeah, it's like a bunch of cops that have to now like go and get the Joker. They're staking out this place that the Joker's supposed to be at, and then they're like, "Yeah, I, I heard this story." And then the guy's like, gives him the story. He's like, no, no, that's He's not like, the story. Yeah. This is the you know, story. Oh, that would be a great movie. Maybe do three of those. And then the next guy's like, you know what I heard? And then it shows you that you know, origin. They're kind of doing something similar with the, they're doing another Texas Chainsaw movie, but they're ah. doing an origin story where like, it's like five or six people that commit murders at different points in the movie. And then you don't know which one evolves into Leatherface. Oh, that's kind of cool. They're giving all these monsters origins now. I, the new Saw movie, I believe, is like An the Jigsaw yeah, origins. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I don't care why they're mad. Just show them. Show me them See, killing I, people. I would have liked to do my version of the Joker is that he's always been like fucked up from birth. Like he was just always a fucking crazy yeah. fucking and, and like it just he finally uh, figured out 
that Batman was something for him to concentrate on. But he was always like a like a kid who yes, grows up to no be a serial killer. That he he yeah. was just a fucking he's fucking fucking born that way. He's killing cats in the backyard and doing fucked up. Yeah, shit. he's like Damien. He's like the yes. Antichrist. Yes. He's born like you know. The worst has to be in Batman eighty nine, where they made Joker the same guy who killed his fucking <laughs> parents, Jack Napier, and like the age, the age never matched up. I was like, there's no way he would be eighty years old if you show like what is this. It's ridiculous, but Let, they didn't know. They don't know what. Let's to do. get into so because th- this one. isn't this isn't just happening on its own. There's something nope. else that's happening. So let's get into the fact that they're doing an origin story while they're making a Joker a, and Harley movie with Jared Leto and Harley Quinn. And supposedly, Glenn, this is replacing the Gotham City Sirens movie. Yes, which is going to be Harley and Poison Ivy and Catwoman. Glenn Ficarra and John Requa, directors and executive producers of the hit NBC drama This Is Us. And who also wrote and helmed the 2011 film Crazy Stupid Love are entering the DC Cinematic Universe at Warner Brothers. The duo are in final negotiations to pen and helm an untitled movie centering on Joker and Harley Quinn featuring Jared Leto, Margot Robbie. If this came out so like in Joker. 1997, yes. I, it would be a slam dunk. <laughs> when- but co- in, in this politically correct neutered world that we live in, yes. you can't do a movie about evil people. And let them be evil. You can't do a movie about like a, losing their shit. A damaged, so it, abusive relationship. Yeah, it's just no one's going to go for it. It's just not. It's it's just not. I mean, there is the idea that people are so repressed now that they want to release and go see something like this. But I feel like it's going to garner so much fucking shrapnel. What about that mad love storyline? Could you do that? Was that really that dark? I don't even remember it that well. <laughs> mad love? You're talking about the show with uh, Paul Reiser? No, that or, was uh, Mad About You. <laughs> oh, okay. Helen Hunt. I don't even know no, that storyline. Nobody knows what that yeah, is. You, you, you threw that <laughs> out there like that was a mainstream storyline. Mad. Someone, some <laughs> fucking guy that listens to our show is going to shit their pants when I make that, that we did comment. a Mad About You reference? Yeah. <laughs> Mad Love, uh, it was part of the Batman Adventures. It took place in the animated TV show kind of universe. It's a one-shot comic written by Paul Dini and Bruce Timm. And it's set in the continuity of the Batman animated series. And it's like their love story. It's kind of like a twisted criminal love story that may or may not work as a movie. I don't know. Okay. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. So I'd have to rewatch it. But I did see the the Harley Quinn Batman movie. Did I say, did I tell you about that already? Uh, No. Well, we'll oh. get to that when we go over what we saw. Okay. That's good. Uh, So look, they're saying this is going to come out after the Suicide Squad sequel, which is delayed also. But Joker may be in that movie. Like, there's all these Jokers. Wait, well, let me get into what I yes. think about this. Yeah. I think, I actually think this will do well just because it's Joker and Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn is super popular right now. So I think it actually will make money. I do not think this will be a good film. <laughs> I, I'm one of those, I, the more I watch Jared Leto as Joker, the more I mm-hmm. really don't like what he's doing with it. I'm surprised because I didn't think we'd get to see him again as the Joker. I don't know if I like him now. He didn't get to really do a lot. No, he was maybe, hampered by his script for sure. Like, so but, maybe he needs a chance to redeem himself and actually be but the do you Joker. Like, but no, the, no. Do you like the over-the-top mob boss, not at all ironic, mm, anything? Not really? No. Hipster Joker that we kind of got? Uh, no, 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 no. I just want to punch him in the face. And not in a, like, no, a and good it's not way, in a, like a, way. you're evil and I need to get you away from me. It's like, please get off the screen. You are annoying. Yeah, yeah, it's way it's way too over the top. I would appreciate a little bit of subtlety in the Joker, even though he has a white face and green hair. 
But you don't need the fucking gold teeth and the tattoos, you assholes. We get it. He's the Joker. Uh, yeah. That's enough. And I hate his laugh. That staccato laugh that he came up with. Uh, not good. I'm up the scene it. where he's with Common in the strip club. Every time I yes. watch it, I hate it yes. even more. It's not good, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. When he's like whoring uh, out Robbie, uh, Rob, yeah. Margot yeah, Robbie, yeah. and then like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. saying, I forget what he keeps repeating, but he's like, and he kills him. I was like, this is so terrible. It's so douchey. Too much. They just love it. Joker things. isn't douchey. He shouldn't be a douchebag. You should be no. intrigued and, and afraid and like yes. in awe of what the fuck he's doing and what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Heath Ledger. Nailed that shit. Okay. But let me ask you. Intrigued. All right. So then here's the follow up. Yeah. What do you think of the fact that they're doing both of these movies at about the same exact time? I think it's going to be very confusing <laughs> for a lot of people. Are they releasing them at the same time? I don't, or uh, around the same look, time? Who knows what the fuck they're releasing? They love to announce things and then forget about them and announce other things and then just keep going. Yeah, until it until it's right. filmed, I don't want to talk about but, it. Either. I mean, Scorsese producing, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, but he's like, it's hands off. He's yeah. really not doing shit. I, I'm yeah. with you, Rugs. I don't believe that anything's happening until it actually happens with DC, but... And Todd Phillips from The Hangover, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Is that like, a, does that give you a Scorsese vibe? No. <laughs> I don't know. Phillips and Scorsese. But can you, can I mean, you imagine if they actually go through the, you'll have a basically a Batman universe. You'll have had Suicide Squad, Batman v Superman, Batman in the Justice League, a Batman movie, this Joker origin movie, a Joker yeah. Harley yeah. movie, and a Suicide yes. Squad 2, Jesus which are Christ. all Batman centric films. All the Batmans, all the Jokers, and, oh, and different don't people. Batgirl directed by Joss Whedon. Oh my God. What a mess. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I have no hope for well, there, any there of There is that. the theory, I've seen it on our community page, that they're already yeah. just diving into the multiverse just yes. to let directors and writers have carte blanche and just do whatever the fuck they want. So they're just, they want to fuck up their movie universe like they fucked up their comics. They're doing exactly <laughs> the same thing. They're going to do the they're same thing. They're just like, fuck it. Make whatever. And we'll just reset it every couple of well, years. I, we'll like it doesn't it. matter. There might, yeah. there might be the theory that I think I saw this too, where they they're looking at Justice League and going, I think we have shit on our hands. Oh, so no. instead of just playing up this DCEU, yeah, fuck it. Let's just make let the creators make the movies they want. Again, I said it before. I'd be okay with a bunch of different versions of Batman with different Batmans and different styles. But put them all out one after another. I don't care. Uh, but uh, comic book fans aren't going to care. I don't know how the general audience would react to that, but I think I would I would love that. As long as they're good, I don't give a fuck. Right. Like, when you watch those DC animated movies, they're all different. Yeah. yeah. They all have completely different universes that they different exist styles, in. Different styles, different continuities. As long as they're yeah. good and they're worth watching, then you might want to go, okay, I want to see the next installment of this, but, like, it doesn't matter. There could be multiple things existing at the same time as long as... They are different enough to be distinct from one another. Yeah. Do you like how yeah. heavy the DC animated universe is Batman centric? Because even the the Justice League Dark film had Batman yeah. in it, centered by Batman, <laughs> led by Batman. Well, they're leaning on their their prized piece right, right there. Like, they can't lean on it. Who else are they going to lean on? Really? Um, Look, they should just call every movie. Uh, uh, and uh, what's that? Uh, and uh, what's the thing where it's not the real thing? Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, oh, Elseworlds. Elseworlds yeah. Just say everything is an Elseworld tale. Uh, we're just. I mean, I kind of li I like Batman. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but they no, love they're, Batman. They're really, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't uh, leave anybody else room to rise to the top. I, but and have the I like. I like Batman. I don't like like they don't have a plan for the Batmans. Clearly, that's that's what's more 
disconcerting. Last bit of a DCE news before we take a quick break. Uh, in terms of Justice League, we knew Joss Whedon came in to help out, rewrote some things, finished directing the reshoots, all these rumors. He is getting, he's not getting a director's credit. Snyder is going to get sole director's credit, but he is getting a writing credit. Oh, shit. On the movie, which leads me to wonder how much did he actually fucking rewrite of this movie? And how long has he been working on it? It's like all of the dialogue happens when no one's on screen. Uh, that, like yeah. They cut away to somebody else and someone else is talking off screen. <laughs> like that's the only time, way they can do it. Every time there's dialogue, it's just a reaction shot of the guy he's talking yes. to. And you could just, you could fix any movie that way. The Writers Guild of America screen credits manual. This is what they say. A writer needs to contribute 50% to an original screenplay or 33% to an adapted screenplay in order to get credit. Chris Terrio is also writing on this. So I think he has to give up a little bit of his portion uh, to get for Joss Whedon now. And I don't know how the money, but for him to get a writing credit on this, it is crazy. Uh, really? I don't feel like it's that crazy. Well, <laughs> What's crazy I, about this? I mean, because, uh, you know, he came in last minute. And so I just think how much did he rewrite? Like, did he rewrite a third of this movie? Like, is that what they're telling us? I, I don't think so. I don't, I think you're reading too much into it. I think they're giving him a writing credit just to be like, here, here's something. Yeah. It's consigulatory. Yeah, Cause like, I'm looking at a film that was similar. Ant-Man yeah. for instance, yeah. right before oh, yeah. it was supposed to be released or right before it's supposed to production was supposed to begin. Edgar Wright got taken off. Right. Yeah. If you look at their writing credits, they have four people on that writing credit. Edgar Wright, Joe Cornish, Adam McKay, who stepped in to direct yeah. that movie last minute and Paul Rudd. So I, that's I don't, right. I don't think, Rudd writing. Mm. Would you go? Would you look at that film and look at the writing credits? And go, man. Each of those wrote twenty five percent of the film. Like I don't think you no. can tell anything about that. No. So that what it says in this article is actually interesting. It says it explains that it says unfortunately, establishing whether or not a writer reaches the threshold isn't so simple as comparing word count or line yeah, count to no determine way. which writers contribute to which percent. Though each writer's contributions are weighted based on several standards, including dramatic construction, original and different scenes characterization or character relationships and dialogue. The weighting of each category, however, is not known and it seems to be determined on a case by case basis. Check this out. This is crazy. Joss Whedon himself is famous for this. Graham Yost, the credited screenwriter for speed once told the post star Joss Whedon wrote 98.9% of the dialogue for the movie but Whedon's name appears nowhere in the credits. Oh, shit. Even though dialogue is one of the factors the WGA considers in arbitration. And he the, said the, it had to do with WGA gist is There's no asshole counting up the amount of scenes, words, no, or dramatic right, moments like you did that someone much. did and put in a script that they're now making at the film. But now we are walking into a Zack Snyder, Joss Whedon, Chris Terrio written Justice League movie that actually gets me a little more hope. Or the final product, it's still being really? a product. You, th- of you, 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 get, you got more hope because he just got a writing credit. I got hope when 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 we didn't <laughs> really? was uh, we found out he was really? he yeah, was right. helping. Come on, you out. just you just read that writing credits mean no shit, mean well, nothing. I think the dialogue is at least gonna be good. That's the least. I think Anthony's got a point here. The one thing. <laughs> You just I, I read didn't... an article that said right the writing credits are complete bullshit. Yeah, how do you how do you? Justify that. What did I it's say? Crazy. I don't understand. You, I, you I just blacked, spent like five minutes explaining how. I blacked out for a second. I don't remember <laughs> what I was talking about. going to get credit on a movie that he yeah. wrote 91% of. So it's, it's clearly doesn't mean a fucking thing. Right. The dialogue and speed was fantastic. Yeah, but who knows how much they're going to What do you do, Hotshot? What do you do? Pop quiz. That's all Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon yeah. sat down one day and goes, Tell that wildcat there quiz. to stay seated. 
<laughs> wow. Write that down. That's gold. Pop quiz, hotshot. Write that down. That's gold. Okay, fuck you guys. This movie is still I mean, going to be a You contradicted wreck. yourself. I, There's I, a bomb on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. Somebody, that's a great line. I'm using that. That's going in. I, I, what else can we say? I, I think <laughs> the point that I was trying to make is I, yes. this isn't a big deal at all. Okay, no big deal. The movie's still going to be a train wreck. And no, we'll I, all be who knows there. what it's going to be? But it. The writing credit's not going to change anything. Uh, it may. It may. It may not. It won't. Whatever. Let's take a break. I'm going to play some promos. We'll come back and argue some more right after this. In a world where so many podcasts offer TV and movie news, along comes another one filled to the brim with podcasty goodness that is only slightly better at best. Admit it, you're always looking for a new brand of meaningless movie nonsense in your podcast diet. Look for the 365 Flicks podcast on Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher, and all good third-party podcast apps. You can also swing by the Facebook page. Come join in on the adventures of Kev, a pissy ex-video store clerk. And Chris, a Scottish Whedon Hall. We're your vocal heroes of pissy opinion. We bring you all the latest TV and movie news reviews and general geeky rants. As well as a bunch of top fives that you really won't care about. So whether you're Team Iron Man or Team Cap, you're Team Batman or Team Superman, drop on by the 365 Flicks podcast, where the Chris versus Kev Civil War never stops. This is the podcast you're looking for. Trivia Geeks, the Unpredictable Game Show podcast is back with a brand new season. They've got a new host, new games, and a new day and time. But that's not all. Now you can download their companion app, Triv Now, and play along in real time. Watch Carrie on YouTube as she tries to convince her partner that his dark night hasn't risen in years. Listen on Diamond Club and Alpha Geek Radio, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Twitter and get all the latest updates and showtimes. Do you like video games? Do you like comics? Do you like movies? I'm Ellie. I'm Zinger, and we're the host of Zing This Podcast. We discuss nerdy topics every week on our podcast. What are some of the best ways to find our podcast, Ellie? You can search us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And don't forget, that's Z-E-N-G. This we hope to see you guys there. Every week, we have new nerdy topics. Yay! Doc, and nerd. Hey, listener, I don't know if you know. Let me tell you, I'll give you a little secret just between you and me right here. Just between us, we have a pretty fucking awesome fan club over on Patreon. Jockandnerd.com slash Patreon, where our super uber Jock and Nerd community fans contribute to the show, help us out, and enjoy bonus content. This week, we got a new member of the fan club. It's none other than our buddy, Jimmy Graven, Jimmy the Geek, formerly of the Northern California Newsroom. Talking nerd. He, he is now signed on to the Patreon. Thank you so much, Jimmy. And Thank you. Yeah, dude, you rock. And we have an email from him later we're going to share. And since this is the first show of the new month, I'm going to read everybody's name on the Patreon. I'm going to thank them by name. Thank you, Jimmy Graben, Joe Henry, who you heard on a couple episodes back. David Zika. Check out Zika's viral comics on eBay. 
Jamie McPike, Wes Cranford, Matthew Lawrence, Joey Lawrence's brother. Yes. Ron Hans, Adam Morris, our official podcast science advisor guy, Carrie Sims from the Blazing Caribou Studios Network, Stephen Tran, Joe from work, Steve Morrison, Matt Delhauer, David Malofsky from A Place to Hang Your Cape, and Philip Milan. Thank you guys so much. Uh, you guys are awesome, and they are all enjoying bonus content. If you sign up to our fan club, you get a RSS link that gives you a whole other podcast feed that has post shows, instant reactions to movies, hours and hours of bonus content. Get on it, listener. You know you want to. Do it. You will Do not it. be disappointed. A couple more pieces of news before we get to stuff we've watched. Uh, Wonder Woman hits another box office uh, fucking milestone. It's crossed 400 million domestically. Oh, shit. Whoa. 800 million globally. Good. This Very good. fucking movie has made. It's unbelievable. That is a great milestone for domestic. It is now the second highest grossing domestically um, in, in the domestically. So, yeah. Fantastic. And it's sixth worldwide now. So everyone uh loved this movie. They went to see it over and over again. Uh there was one person who uh had some <laughs> things to say about this movie who who didn't feel the way and this one person is uh, director James Cameron. Everyone, he's filming uh, all his Avatar movies. James Cameron had this to say about Wonder Woman. Well, let's throw in though James Cameron's also the guy that Made uh, the guy that gave heroine. us Ellen Ripley, awesome heroine. The guy that gave us Linda Sarah, Hamilton, S- no Sarah, Sarah Connor. Connor. I mean not Linda yeah, Hamilton. Connors. Linda <laughs> Hamilton, Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor. There you go. Awesome badass. Two badass female. Two characters. badass women, right? That's yeah. right. So, Wonder Woman, you're like, oh, he should love this. Here's what he had to say. Quote, all of the self-congratulatory backpatting Hollywood's been doing over Wonder Woman has been so misguided. She's an objectified icon, and it's just male Hollywood doing the same old thing. I'm not saying I didn't like the movie, but to me, it's a step backwards. Oh, shit. Sarah Connor was not a beauty icon. She was strong. She was troubled. She was a terrible mother. And she earned the respect of the audience through pure grit. And to me, the benefit of characters like Sarah is so obvious. I mean, half the audience is female. Mm. What a weird thing to say from the James Cameron. I don't understand why he would say this. What do you guys think? What's going on? Well, he had a different perspective. Like uh, the way that Sarah Connor comes off, you really believe it that she's been preparing for this, that this protect her son. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it wasn't relying on like, she's not like, you know, I mean, she was Linda Hamilton was attractive, you know, but not it wasn't about her being attractive in that movie. She didn't it, it wasn't playing on that thing. And same thing with um, Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Like they weren't really trading on her looks. I mean, there was some nipple shots here and there, you know, like some see through shirts. But like it wasn't like um, so dead. I like, you know, like Sigourney Weaver was I, I, attractive in her day, I guess. But she's not the first person that I think of when I think of like, you know, a hot chick. Right. Although I got to tell you, I had, I had like a huge crush on, on Linda Hamilton from Terminator two, just because of how badass well, she was. It's so she sexy. Was cute. Yeah. She was cute. And we saw her boobs. But in the second, Oh, that's right. There was that sex scene in the second one. Like just how badass was she was, was very sexy to me. And I think that but now yeah. that I mentioned that her boobs were shown yeah. now is his arguments completely. Yes. Moved. There you go. He did show. Oh, boobs. Damn. Anthony, is he saying that you have, you can't have, you have to be a damaged female character to be an icon. Like a beautiful person can't be an icon. I, I, think, I think that's exactly what I was gonna say. It seems like to me, he is saying, if you are at all sexy yeah. and portrayed as sexy or beautiful, then 
you are not you are a typical Hollywood character and not a clear representation of a strong female character, which it's very I, weird. I, that doesn't I, make sense. I mean, I'm not a woman, but I disagree yes. with that. Yes. I'm just gonna say I disagree with that. I think Wonder Woman was I a think, great I example. I think he took a very I think he, he took a very contrarian view to be contrarian. Is what I think I'm he's with. a little bitter because of all the praise, like first superhero, uh, you know, strong female uh, hero. And he's like, yo, what? what he might what, be. What he doesn't like superhero films. He doesn't no, like he superhero well, films. That's the thing. It's like uh, James Cameron never set out like this is the, the difference. James Cameron never set out to try and like do a feminist movie. Right. He just made a movie. All right, he made a movie that where he had a strong female character. It wasn't really a political statement. He likes using strong female characters, though. Yeah, clearly, what he likes. Yeah. Um, Dark Angel, you know, he yeah, used Jessica, Jessica Alba, Alba and used all of her sexual wiles and her whatever her tight shirts he and all that stuff. Them fairly well, but um, he's not trying to make a feminist statement. He's just putting women in action roles because he likes that. Was yeah, now, convention. Yeah, but so he's not thinking of it right. as a feminist. He's thinking of it as. Hey, I'm going to make something that's going to be sexy and sell. And it's going to be cool because like I have uh, you know, a cool character. I'm going to make her a female and he doesn't like uh make feminist movies. He's not like trying to like like Sigourney Weaver being like not uh a feminist icon or whatever. Right, right. It wasn't intentional. Like this Wonder Woman movie it was calculated to try and be this feminist superheroine movie. But it's Wonder Woman. It's in the nature. It's kind of in the essence yeah. of the character. So Patty Jenkins, of course, she's going to have something to say. She responded to his comments with this. James Cameron's inability to understand what Wonder Woman is or stands for to women all over the world is unsurprising. As though he is a great filmmaker, he is not a woman. Strong women are great. His praise of my film Monster and our portrayal of a strong yet damaged woman was so appreciated. But if women always have to be hard, tough, and troubled to be strong, and we aren't free to be multidimensional or celebrate an icon of women everywhere because she's attractive and loving, then we haven't come very far, have we? I believe women can should be everything, just like male lead characters should be. There is no right and wrong kind of powerful woman, and the massive female audience who made the film a hit, it is, can surely choose icons of progress. I agree with that yes. statement. Good, good response. Very, very, very well crafted response. At the end of the day, he's he's going to catch a lot of flack for that, as he should, because yeah. he is a man judging how a woman should be yes. portray- portrayed on screen. Yes. What does he know? He's got yeah. a penis. He's got a penis. <laughs> yeah. That, that is the the <laughs> simplest way to just blow that off. Is he's got a penis. Well, <laughs> pretty much. Now that well, if you have a, you could still be a woman and have a penis. According that's to that's true. Of you could be. There is the yeah. trans part now. Yes. So you could actually make a case for that. You could. Mm, it's very in this flu- world that we live very in. fluid. I, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't understand why he would come why out would and say, he say something it? like that. I, I think I honestly think he's. I think he's a very ordinary guy. If you read any of his stuff with, um, like Aliens too, the way he treated his ca- that's his, true. Yeah. his crew. Uh, yeah, we've talked about that. I, I think. I mean, to be that awesome at something, you have to be not great socially and some other aspects. You can't be a nice guy. You gotta be a dick. You gotta, yeah, yeah right. you gotta be a dick. And I think. I think he's never liked superhero films. It, you guys should read his script for Spider Man, which he was gonna do. Yeah, it's very it is weird and sexual. Weird as fuck. Yeah. Um, but I don't. Know, I don't think he's ever liked superhero films, and I think. I think he also. I think there's a part of there might be a little jealousy in that he feels like he might have led the the fem, the feminine charge. Yes. 
and he's getting no credit for it, and everyone's like, Wonder Woman's the first female mm-hmm. icon mm-hmm. when he's created two. And he's like, yo! And meanwhile, he's trying to film seven avatars, and yeah. which nobody gives a fuck about Avatar anymore. <laughs> and he's still trying to push Avatar. And he's still trying to make <laughs> the Avatar a thing again, so he's just all... No, it, made, it made a lot of money. That's the reason yeah, no, of why course. they're doing it. He's creatively it. frustrated. That's just pure speculation on my point. Yeah, it's, I, I would buy that. All right, you know who's not a dick is the actor Ed Scrain. You guys know Ed Scrain? Uh, the, he was villain the bad Deadpool. guy. He was he Francis. He was, he was yeah. Francis. He was Ajax in Deadpool, and he had joined the cast of Hellboy, which he has now exited. Scrain's okay. exit follows the backlash online over the whitewashing of his character, Major Ben Daimo, an Asian character in the comics. The actor took to Twitter himself to announce the news of his exit. This is what he said. This is fantastic. Last week it was announced that I will be playing Major Ben Daimo in the upcoming Hellboy reboot. I accepted the role unaware that the character in the original comics was of mixed Asian heritage. There has been intense conversation and understandable upset since that announcement, and I must do what I feel is right. It is clear that representing this character in a culturally accurate way holds significance for people and that to neglect this responsibility would continue a worrying tendency to obscure ethnic minority stories and voices in the arts. I feel it is important to honor and respect that. Therefore, I have decided to step down so the role can be cast appropriately. Representation of ethnic diversity is important, especially to me as I have mixed heritage family. It is our responsibility to make moral decisions in difficult times to give voice to inclusivity. It is my hope that one day these decisions will become less necessary and that we can help make equal representation in the arts a reality. I'm sad to leave Hellboy, but if this decision brings us closer to that day, it is worth it. I hope it makes a difference. If they, if they cast another white guy, I'll be so. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> wow. Very amazing. Oh, they cast no, another white they'd guy. Be like, uh, <laughs> what's Liv Schreiber doing? Can we get him yeah, to do this? I, I, I would be mad, but I'd also <laughs> laugh at how <laughs> funny, like the balls they would have They're to like, do that. Fuck you. On the other hand, wow. Wow. What a noble gesture from the end screen. Uh, this is refreshing. I never. Yeah, that's cool. Like, I feel like more people should do that. I think more people should be uh, aware of what they're the character that they're playing, if it has uh, significance to someone, and if they feel like they shouldn't be playing that role, they shouldn't be playing that role. I, I think that's a good good to be aware. You know, he didn't know. It sounded like he didn't know what the character was, and to his credit, he went and looked it well, up. He and didn't, did and research. then he took yeah. the role, and then he's like, he might what? have he might have been made aware by people sending him hateful mm-hmm. things, and then. Mm-hmm. Look, I all I'm saying is I didn't see Tilda Swinton doing this shit. I didn't see Scarlett Johansson pulling any of this shit. Uh, so. Uh, this is pretty crazy. Like it's very, it's very cool that uh, he's he's well, kind of fighting his fight as an Asian. You are yes. too, Imran. Actually, I am technically, technically I'm Asian. You are. Pakistan is an Asia. I think Asians are one of the last roles that white people can step into, and yeah. no one or and they don't feel so bad about until this point. Um, yeah. If you ever had like blacks or white people taking on black roles or Hispanic roles, uh, those communities fight so hard against that stuff now. Riz. He had Fisher Stevens in the brown community, and that was it. They're like, <laughs> no more. Get a season sorry. I, I don't know who Major Di- Ben Dynamo is, but I, I think this is pretty noble. So that's amazing. Uh, then there was uh, there was a little follow up story of uh, Chloe Bennett. Uh, she oh, yeah. like she like tweeted something in support of him, and then people called her out. Yeah, I, I actually have that story. Because okay, tell us that story. So her Chloe name, Bennett retweeted yeah. this. Yeah, and then people were calling her out and being like. You um, changed your last name. You're not proud of yourself. You changed your last name to from Wang, which is right. a real last name, to Benet. Yep. yep. Um, did you see her response? 
I know. Basically, I know it said that she did it so that other people wouldn't have to do it. She she basically she said she did it because Hollywood is racist. Hollywood is racist, and there's no way she would have been able to get a role without changing her last name. And she hopes that one day she won't have to change her last name, or people in the future won't have to change their last names of if they're of Asian descent to get a Hollywood role. Plus, she's now she's in a position. And to now she's in a position to speak about it, about it right? I ain't mad at her. I thought it was shitty to call her out as a hypocrite. Like people just, they don't get it. Uh, how Hollywood works. It's, it's fucking way racist. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Yeah. I, I think, well, anytime you post on the, either the left or right or any sort yeah. of side yeah. as a, as a, as a celebrity on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, there's always going to be those fucking assholes on the other side that call you out and, or, or try to call you out or make you look dumb or something like that. And she's a sexy wing. I'll tell you that much. Very sexy wing. <laughs> She is that that oh she also mentioned that she just because she changed her last name doesn't mean she still doesn't have Chinese blood in yeah, her. She's like but I'm she's still, still not Chinese, representing yeah, being I Chinese, got, right? It, exactly, it doesn't change the fact that she's representational. But, but to put food on her table, she had to change yeah. her last name. That's look, which that's makes it the, even more sad. Yeah, yeah, that's how the game works, which really sucks. You know what's the saddest thing is uh, the Inhumans TV show is. Uh, We'll be premiering tomorrow as we record in IMAX. Is that your okay. transition right there? Yes, nice. it is. You like that? Like you like that, that segue? Yeah. First of all, this IMAX run was supposed to be two weeks. They cut it back to one week. That's so stupid. Oh, shit. Right? Uh, because there's some other movie coming out. The latest trailer, they have fixed Medusa's hair. If you go watch the very end of it by shaving her head. Oh, shit. Lame. For some reason, what? yes. At the very end of this trailer, you see... Medusa and her head is she's got a buzz cut and I, I I don't know how that works in the story if it's in like the first two episodes uh, but uh, what's interesting is the review embargo they just lifted for this movie because they know it's a piece of shit they don't want it to get people not going to IMAX I want to share one review because it says it all so these reviews will be coming out this is what this reviewer said IGN this might sound like the MCU's version of Game of Thrones, and it certainly had the potential to be with its superhero monarchy and place for power, but the show is a disappointment on every level. The costumes and makeup look like a group of friends decided to do Inhumans cosplay the day before Comic-Con. The Royal Palace, a main setting, looks like a warehouse on the outside, and it's full of bland, forgettable spaces on the inside. He uh, he says Maximus is... Uh, Ewan Rewan's Maximus is like Diet Loki, he says the IMAX movie does more harm than good. The story simply doesn't have the scope, scale, or polish to make use of such a bold format. And he wraps it up with Inhumans is bad from top to bottom. Try as it might. The show does not live up to Marvel brand. It's most definitely not worth seeing it in IMAX. And I wouldn't recommend catching it on TV either. Oh, shit. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but this, this is what we expected. It is. Much. Four like, out of ten, but you know what? Hey, four out of ten, I, that means it's not horrifically bad. It's right? not horrific. It's not Batman and Robin. I I kind of want to see this in the IMAX. I really? May go, I may just go <laughs> sneak in and watch this. He's just being a dick. No, now. I was like... The, That's the first dick I've thrown out today. <laughs> <laughs> those fucking dick jokes. Keep it to a bit of... This, as it got closer, I was like, I, maybe I'll go check this out in the IMAX. I don't know why. But you are an interesting this, this man, Imran. Someone's got to go see it. Someone Might as well be Imran. Someone's got to go see it. I could report how bad it is, but this review does not help. And the reviews coming out is not going to help. But I just thought that that was funny. They shaved her head. 
Nah, it's gonna be. <laughs> I'm gonna hate watch that. Like I don't even know well, if I can. Even... I will pay to hate watch it in the IMAX. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll see it. You're gonna pay for this. You know, <laughs> you can wait, I... and it'll be on TV in less than a month. And I guess it doesn't even make make the IMAX does not make no the, a fucking. I, I always go back to the shot of shot in beautiful IMAX, and then the next yes. shot is them in a narrow hallway. In a white hallway, yeah. it looks like cardboard walls. Like it looks like the set from uh, Defenders a little bit. It was like uh, that same shitty set. It actually looks it looks worse. It, no, it looks worse than the Defenders. Absolutely. Yeah, Marvel's got to step up its game, oh, man. What's up this? With is this? Ike Perlmutter's bullshit all over this. I don't know what happened to this. Jesus Christ. Right, enough of the news. Let's move on to a little review and recommendation segment. Stuff we watched. I watched a bunch of things. People have been watching things. We'll go round robin. Who wants to go first? Well, I saw the same thing that you saw, so we should talk about that. Okay, okay. Both saw it. which one is that? The tick? Yeah. All right. First six episodes of The Tick on Amazon. We all watched that trailer. None of us were impressed. I was going to say, none of us thought this was going to be any good. No, no. And the the uh, the first, the pilot episode and the second episode, are they, they retooled it, so he has a different suit and stuff. So, But I got to tell you, I was kind of wrong on the show based on the trailer. I kind of enjoyed this. After watching the six episodes, uh, I, I had fun. I kind of enjoyed what they were doing. This is a, an interesting take. It, on the it take. really, it really like, um, you'd think that they're trying to make a comedy show and they are, but it's way deeper than it that. It is. It's a dark comedy. Um, yeah, it's a dark comedy and it's played straight for the most part. Uh, there's a couple of colorful characters out there, but it's not like, Gotham level craziness. No. It's kind of like still grounded in a way. So this uh, it's, a, the, in the, it's in a world where there are established superheroes and supervillains. That suit is still terrible, even though they, <laughs> they, re, they revamped it. It. Yeah, yeah. it sucks balls. Whoever, like, <laughs> just go get the Patrick Warburton suit and put it on that guy because that I, was perfect. I love his ears though. His ears are wiggling around and and yeah, responding. Big fucking deal. <laughs> and even in the, no, his little antenna, his antenna things. But even Arthur in the second episode, he they like they they call it out. He goes, "You look a little different." And Tick's like, "No, nah, what are you talking about?" Now the other thing I think they did right is it's really about Arthur. He is our yes. point of view in. There's not a lot of the tick. There's even, they play around with the fact that the tick may be a figment of his imagination. That only Arthur can see him. I really appreciated that. That was interesting. I almost take it as that show Wilfred. Yes. yes. Where Wilfred is a dog that actually exists. But, and then, yes, but uh, what's his face? Sees him as a guy in a dog suit talking yeah. to him. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure the tick exists. Yeah, because but... they do. They play with that. But then you do see that other people do see him. Uh, yeah, but so they they only put out the first six and, and that's half of a season and they're going to put out the other one. And this is they're kind of doing the get down thing. And they're saying it's to uh, curb binge washing, binge washing, binge watching, binge washing. binge washing, where you do all your laundry all over and once. over again. You're just comp- that's smart. I think I, that's a good idea. I could do some binge washing. I never wash my fucking clothes, which is why you I know, smell. They want to spread it out and make people talk about it over. time. Yes, this is what, you know, the. The, the Netflix shows and blow your load yep. in one shot like Stranger Things Defenders come out. Everybody talks about it for a week and then it's done until the next one. So why waste it? Put out six. And it was a perfect uh, size. Six episodes, 30 minutes. I, I was really I was really surprised that I liked it. I was like, this, this is pretty entertaining. Pretty I good. thought I was going to fucking hate Me it. Me too. And I, I, in the beginning of the first episode, I was like, this fucking why can't they get this costume right? It's like <laughs> then they change fucking it. the like easiest thing to yeah, do. Yeah. And I was just like, whatever. And then the second, I'm like, oh, they tried to uh, fix it's it. It's a but, little bit better. Uh, but yeah. well, the show's good. Whatever. But the point, it's actually not no, bad. It's not bad. They have like, it, the, like I like. There's a villain. Her name it's is better than it's better than other that other fucking show. 
What was that one with uh, Powerless? Power, yeah, that, oh, that was way better than Powerless. Uh, there's a one of the villains. Her name is Miss Lint, and she has like static electricity powers. But it's great because you know how like you, there's a ray of light around someone, and you see like Lint floating in the light. It catches the thing. Well, like that follows her everywhere all the time. There's just like Lint floating around her. I thought it was funny. Jackie Earl Haley as the terror was was pretty good. And uh, the the suit is has powers. The Arthur suit is part of the plot. And the fact that it's really about Arthur, I think, really helps the show. Because if it's all tick, like that's hard. That's a hard sell. My favorite character is Arthur's father in law. I mean, or, or stepfather. Sorry. In uh, uh, he loves the tick. Oh, they go to the birthday oh, party. Yeah, where he's like, "Hey, that's right." His stepfather, yeah, the Asian, he has an great. Asian stepfather. Yeah, his sister is uh, pretty great too, and she's a a medic, and she's patching up the mob. The acting's decent. I'm not gonna fucking rave about the acting, but I mean, it's good. It's it was better than I thought. I thought it was gonna be utter shit. Yes, look like yeah, utter but, shit. And it's not. Yes, yeah, yes. It's not. It's better than you think. It's quirky. But, um, it's charming. They had Arthur flying and learning how to use the suit. I thought that worked really well. Like it was all good. Oh, like the effects are terrible. Don't because you can't like tell people what's good in that yeah. way because it's not I'm, good in I that mean, way. like the effects are bad but the how they handled the flying in terms of the yeah, character it's just, the, the, <laughs> there is there is a level of care put into the story yeah. and a little bit of a level of uh, care put into the characters and how they're performed so it's it, it's better than it should be yeah they're, they're clearly leading okay. to something it's building uh yeah it's better than it should be not bad. The tick well, on Amazon six episodes. I'm just gonna be a dick. What what yeah. when when you say that when they're leading to something? Yeah. What does that mean? It, doesn't every show lead to something? Well, not always. What did Iron Fist? Well, I think to? that what he means is that by the end of this, you've just they've just come to a huge cliffhanger. Okay. And they they've been building up to this to to the Got whole it. show. That's exactly. Wanted, that's what I just wanted to be. A now dick. it's a good jumping off point yes. now for the rest of the show to be on. God. Yeah, it's a good story arc and a good. It's got momentum. Uh, it's good. I watch it all in one sitting. Yeah, me too. You can easily. Yeah, yeah. So they they release six, and yes. how many are gonna come They'll out? They'll probably total. put out another six, I imagine. All right for the to, for the rest of the season. But they're doing half season. The first episode's the toughest one to get through because well, he just yeah. looks so bad. So the way that worked is that they had this pilot thing where they made all these pilots, and then people voted, and the pilot got picked up, and then they had a lot of time. They retooled the suit, and so there was a lot of time between the first and second episode. To change things because they'd only done one, but then two through six are great. Like it's more cohesive, and there's like an air of mystery to the tick yeah. as well. That's also works in its favor. He doesn't know where he came from, who he is, yes. what he's doing. He doesn't remember anything before when he met Arthur. I I like that. That's crazy. So you you it, there's the, the air of mystery is intriguing. Can I tell you what so. what happens in the comic book? What his origin? You can tell me. He uh, escaped a mental institute. Okay. Yes. I don't know if they're going to do that, but that's why he's all crazy. Uh, Anthony, what do you got? I threw up a thing on the jock and nerd community, which yes. you guys, if you like intelligent conversation or not intelligent conversation, that's where you go. Or superhero um, depending on your perspective. Yeah. Uh, I threw up an X-Men video essay that essay that came out by Patrick H. Wilhelm. He's good. We've talked about his essays in the past. Yeah. He did the, why Marvel movies look bad yes. with the color grading yes. and, and a, did one about the, uh, DC character flaws. This one was a what to do with X-Men video essay. Fix the X-Men movies. Um, very good. I don't want to spoil. It's about 20 minutes yeah. or so, but very good, very well done. And, and all stuff I agree with about how uh, the X-Men kind of hold this weird place in the 
cinematic uh, universe of comics and how they, how it needs to be improved. Very, no, very good points. And it's a lot, a lot of points we have said on the show while talking about X-Men and reviewing X-Men movies. Why don't they do this? Those guys went, I was like, yep, yep, yep. Well, good as points. the article is a video states, the X-Men was a, began in a weird spot where yes. no one thought superhero movies would translate to on screen. So they grounded it as much as they could. Yeah. And now it's evolved past that point. I mean, it's crazy. It spanned a whole superhero uh, explosion from black uh, latex suits to put everyone in bright suits. They have movies planned so that this will run. This will be a shared universe for 20 years. Well, in the X-Men? Whoa. Oh, yeah. it's, it started in 2000. Well, it's, I mean, it's already been. Yeah, it's been 16, been 17 years. 17 year so i'll put a link which is just insane it's crazy That's incredible i mean this really oh, wow. was before i mean blade was before that but x-men and spider-man early 2000s no but like x-men actually has had like all their movies are supposedly connected now there's a uh, lot of flaws yes, yes yes but suppose i mean not supposedly they are supposed to be all in the same universe yeah, so the next... It is the longest-running shared it universe. It is the longest-running shared universe. It's very I got to watch this. I want to know how this guy solves the problem. It's very good. Let me... Uh, this will tie it's in. It's very talky. It's, Not a lot of pictures. It's very two guys talky. talking. He has a buddy there, yeah. and it's just like they filmed a podcast, and they're just like, yeah. let's do this. Yeah, you should watch it. You'd like it. So I'm, I'm gonna. one of their points I'm going to mention was, uh, let's make it big sci-fi. Let's go big with this. Get crazy. This is the X-Men. There should be aliens and different planets. And we've all kind of felt the same thing. It's X-Men, let's make it big. Here's the irony. The next movie they're making is X-Men Dark Phoenix, Simon Kinberg. And he has talked about what he wants to do with the movie, and it's the exact opposite of that point in that video. In the latest issue of Total Film, Kinberg said that he must find a way to ground it so it's not too intergalactic, stressing that the X-Men films are human and emotional, which he's right, in that sense, Kinberg could mean the hopes to keep the film emotionally grounded, but it's unclear. So he wants to do the opposite of what X-Men fans are like. You, this you is know what my favorite this. point was of that? Yes. Of that video yeah. essay? They, and I think I've mentioned this on the show. They keep going back to the analogy of being persecuted for who they are. Yeah. And like them being, it's being an allegory to race relations yes. and uh, even like gay rights. Um, like you, it's, you don't want to. You don't want to expose yourself because they'll chase you. But you know, over, even the new yeah, show Gifted every, yes, is coming out every time. Every time, and X Men's always been really good when it relates to stuff that's relevant to now. And I like the the idea of them saying, "Why don't we make it so that mutants are like cool, sort of like appropriated, like black culture now, mm-hmm. but white people are are cool with it, but they don't want it too close to them." Let's move past the. Let's move oh past my god. The, let, let's hide it and everything. Now it's, we're going to ape your culture, but we really don't want you to, we want, we don't want to see you in our, in our actual line of sight. Yeah. It's like, let's move or like, or, or do like a, a, a lot uh, some form of all lives matter, black lives yes, matter, or yes. blue lives and matter, mutant, something like mutant that. Mutant lives matter. Let's move past the Nazi uh, version of this and let's right. get into like the real world. What's going on with this country right that, now. That would be a nice step. Yes. Yes. I agree. And you're right. I agree with that. That's good. The idea. gifted is yeah. doing the same thing. These guys are on. The that's, run, what, that's why I, I trust. When I saw them. the gifted. I was like, I, 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 this is another X-Men where they get people are on the run and they're ashamed of being mutants. And the parents are telling them, Oh, but you can hide it. You can hide it. Right. 
Like they don't understand no, it. No, it should be a thing where everybody knows mutants. Knows. And they, these people love mutants. These people want to be mutants. These people quietly are racist that, that, to mutants. That's why when they brought up what the Morlocks, is that what they're called? Uh, the, yeah, the underground. The, uh, yeah, the, the underground yeah. mutants. So yes. there's different societies of yes, mutants now. It's the like mutants, the, yes. the shitty mutants yep. that like have horns and stuff it, yeah. and yep. don't want to see. It's almost like the allegory to like, we want to see the the African Americans and that are athletes and rappers, but we don't want those. We we don't want any of those inner cities. No, we don't want to see that. But we want to see the ones that are publicized yes. and you know that sort of feel. We don't want to yeah. see those Chirac motherfuckers. Show no, me the fucking puff daddies. We don't want to. We don't give a shit about the ghetto. Yes, but we do want to see you play basketball. As long as you don't move in next door to me. Oh right. shit! Just don't move in. Just stay please. over there. But but that is a perfect analogy for this. Make it soap opery. Uh, and you but, know, and, yeah, what well, there's plenty more video uh, points. They make like six or it's seven. It's very good, really and, good. The, and they, they also have a great idea on how to swing it into like where Deadpool is going, connected to that. And that really should be some kind of future of the series. Yeah, they have like six points. Very well done video. Check it out in the show notes, shockinger.com slash 184. Uh, I'll go next. The new Spider Man cartoon on Disney XD. You, you fucking love it, right? But first three episodes, it's not bad, <laughs> it's not bad. I haven't watched it. Here's just... why. They are doing uh, a couple of different things. It starts two weeks after Peter gets his powers. He's in a homemade costume that's similar to Homecoming. Right. But the similarities to Homecoming stop right there. Right away, it flashes back to an Uncle Ben. He goes, what would Uncle Ben do? Uncle Ben voiced by Patton Oswalt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of works. What the hell? Yes. They, they de-aged the Uncle Ben. He does not know how to use his powers. He, You see him, he's making his web shooters. And he even talks about like how much PSI these shooters need. He's trying to figure out the tech. He doesn't have his costume until the second episode, and he makes it himself. Here's how he gets the tech, though. They What they brought in from the Spider-Man comic book is Max Modell Horizon Labs. There's a high school called Horizon High. It's a very smart, nerdy high school uh, that Norman Osborn is in. Peter wants to get in. Guess who else goes to this high school? Gwen Stacy and Miles Morales. Oh, shit. Goes to Horizon High. So both of them are there. Uh, At which point, Norman Osborn gets kicked out of Horizon High and or Harry Osborn and his dad goes, I'm going to make you a school just for you. So he opens a competing smarty high school that Norman is in. So what makes the show great? Instead of <laughs> here's the thing, <laughs> you're narrating the because plot. because uh, you see that it is Peter in high school, but it's you see him being smart. You see him; he gets tech from Horizon Labs. He builds his own suit. There's no Tony does his Stark. life suck though? That's what I want. His uh, life kind of does suck. Well, he's always late for things, and he's missing classes, and uh, okay. he can never. And people are like, "Where the fuck are you running off to all the time?" Now, here's the best thing is that Harry Osborn is already working on goblin style tech. These two guys are already kind of on the opposite sides. They're best friends, but they go to different schools. Harry's got the secret tech that he's working on. Peter doesn't know about that looks like goblin bombs. And Peter's got a secret Harry doesn't know about. It's a different take on the Harry Osborn and it kind of works. It adds a little bit more, uh, you know, conflict and relationship. And it's not just a boring Harry Osborn doing nothing. But you got a Flash Thompson in there who's trying to uh, go to Horizon High. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Now, is Flash Thompson a DJ in this one? No, he's this big, tall, like, tan dude with blonde hair. And he's like, hey, I'm Flash Thompson, man. 
I don't know what he is. You see him briefly, but we got introduced to the vulture and uh, a couple other bad guys. Did you good. like? Um, was good. it Ultimate Spider-Man? I did not. At first, I watched it, and then I couldn't watch. The, I okay. couldn't watch it, and it's it nothing was, it like was that. Dog shit. Yes, it was Family Guy Spider-Man. It was Family Guy. Spider-Man. It was yeah, I thought it was terrible. No, I got it. War. I mean, I I like in that show that they had Iron Fist, they had Phil Coulson, Fitz and Simmons. They were trying to tie it into the MCU, but. That breaking the fourth wall and the little cute big head characters. Yeah, the, the Deadpool stuff stupid. was yeah. was annoying. This is nothing like that. This is a it's a soap opera. It's a continuing story. It's not bad. Give it a go. First three episodes are out. Where, what is it out on? Disney XD. Okay. Anthony, what you, you oh, got? Disney something XD. else? Yeah, X, the XD. That's their porn channel, I believe. Oh Disney shit! X, XD. Extra dick. Extra dick. Extra Disney dick. We're gonna get sued by Disney for that. Now, Anthony, you got anything else? No, that's about it for me. Uh, I got uh, rugs. You got anything else? Um, I'm watching a new sci-fi show. What's that? It's called Dark Matter. It's not new. It's got three seasons under its belt. Is it English? American? It's American. It's like uh-huh. a low budget sci-fi channel thing. But the concept is uh, a bunch of people that are on this ship in stasis wake up and they all have no memory of who they are. And they all like kind of find out that they're all criminals but they don't remember their past Ooh. and they didn't and they don't know like what their backstories are like why they're on the ship and what happened to them and, but they kind of have to band together to, like to survive and it's interesting because i watched a few episodes and i was wasn't into it but then after it got to like episode 4 or 5 i started to get into it and uh like oh this guy is on the ship and oh if he finds out who he is oh it's going to be fucking shit happening so it it it's good, like because it's intertwined. These characters are actually intertwined with each other. You got everything that you guys want. It's got a multicultural cl- cast. It's got um, good, pretty decent acting. Okay, uh, it's got like that Firefly feel where it's all about humans populating space. Okay, and there's no aliens or anything. There's just maybe tech hmm. and stuff like that. It's sci-fi. So uh, it's interesting. It's interesting, and they're they're world building a little bit here and there, and it's gone on for. Onto the third season, so it's um, still it's still going. It's got legs, yeah, still so going. It's not one of those things that well, you're like, oh, I'm gonna watch this, and then it's canceled. Hmm. So at least you got like two seasons or three seasons of it to, to kind of check out. So I'm I'm interesting to see how it goes. I'm not like it's not the best show I've ever seen, but it's like it's kind of like a Firefly, a little bit more of a serious Firefly. Hmm. I started watching that show, The Expanse. I watched the first season. I never. Continue. It's very dry. It's hard to get Expanse into. That is, show. It's good. It's well written. Good concepts, but it is hard to get into. So, since, yeah, it's dry. Since we're getting into shows we're watching, I'll just give the listener a quick update. Oh. I am now on the third episode of Game of Thrones. Oh shit! Rugs, did you First listen to the last episode? We had a big announcement at the top of the show. Yeah, I, I got. I got like maybe like thirty minutes in. Yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones so update. Heard, okay, I, you said, heard. You heard my fuck up. What that you fucking watched the last episode <laughs> of the first season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. lame. <laughs> so, would yeah. you say three episodes? I've watched a total of four episodes, but starting with number ten and then one, two, three. Ten, one, two, three. Well, you guys, last night, late last night, I also watched the first three episodes of Game of Thrones. Oh, shit. Whoa. Season you, one you went crazy. I caught up. I was kind of falling asleep towards the end of the third because it got late, but. I've caught up with you, so... What I is your even, initial thoughts, then? Dude, uh, here's the thing. We're six years late. We have yeah. 14 months to catch up. So please don't narrate the plot for me. Which, easily, we could... If you watch one or two episodes a week, like I would space out to where you would be caught up right before 
the next right. season starts. What did I think? Look, I knew it was good. Uh, amazing sets. Uh, it, uh, amazing costumes. In the first 15 minutes, you got two beheadings. Uh, the second time you see that Daenerys girl, she's completely naked. The first episode ends with brother-sister fucking. Uh, it has everything. I, I mean... Uh, I, I, I'm getting into it. It's, it's, it's good. It's a thing. I'm watching it. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I like it. I'm just like, I, I just feel like I want to get through it faster because every it's been six years. Everybody's talking yeah, about yeah, it. That, that's the feel I have is I just want to go, just go. I want to go through it faster. Not because, yes. and then it's not even, I mean, I, I, I am getting into it. Like the first episode, I was like, eh, yeah. but the hook at the end I was like, oh, brother, sister, yeah. fucking let's yeah. keep going. <laughs> that's great. Uh, but then like after episode two and three, I'm like, okay, I could see myself getting into this, but I want to get more into, into it, it because yeah. everyone talks about how much better it gets so we have to pay our dues and i do want to yeah. enjoy it but i'm like uh, i just kind of want to go but it's literally uh, just me and you and then all of our listeners are like can you just fucking catch up already about fucking time so listener yeah. we will give you brief updates here and there as we catch up uh now you so what i thought was interesting anthony is you mentioned that you were reading the recaps afterwards and it helped you yeah what totally. what are you missing that you're getting in the recaps I don't understand. I don't, I forget the names. Okay. Yeah, there's that's, a lot of people to keep track so of. That's to, number one. I have to keep track of the name so I can click on the name and be like, oh, that's the guy that this okay. is. And then you have to remember, like, this, there's a lot to digest. Right. Okay. So yeah, there's a lot of characters. Yeah. And there's a lot of alliances and houses that you have there's to remember. There's a lot of castles and worlds and yeah, countries. Well, you go, okay, cities. this is House Targaryen. Right. This is House Lannister. The the This is the, the Starks. The Starks. Who hates who? All of the major, yeah. all of the major players. Yeah. You got to know who they are. Yeah how they're represented and what makes them different and uh, all of those things. So you got to kind of know, be able to say, okay, the Targaryen alignment is these guys. Yeah. Lannisters the are, are these guys. Yes. So you, you need to know that. And that's hard to digest in the first, it takes a while, yeah. but the thing is that I, I'm, you know me, like I don't really pay attention to anything. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, like I forget it as soon as I watch it. Yeah. It's like my, my, my memory sucks. So, but like, so I'm able to like follow the show perfectly and know what's going on and even dig into the subtext of stuff. Yeah. Um, because after you're watching it so long, like you just kind of know all these characters because mm. they, they spend enough time with the characters that you really need to know about. Uh, and you really get, so I think in the beginning you do have to do the, just to get yourself established. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, all I, these different I, things. I follow it. Okay. I get, I'm, I'm, I get it. I get the different, uh, some of it was, I just, you're right though. You got to look at the cast name and the, <laughs> the picture sometimes, but I'll tell you what I liked. I noticed the director of the first two episodes, this dude, Tim Van Patten. And I was like, wait a minute. I've seen that name. This dude has directed all the awesome shit on HBO. He did 20 episodes of the Sopranos and I, it's some of the best Sopranos episodes he directed. He's also directed a couple episodes of Boardwalk Empire. He's doing a black mirror He's done uh, the Pacific, Rome, Deadwood, The Wire, Sex in the City. This guy knows how to make fucking awesome HBO uh, unfortunately, shows. Unfortunately, as interesting as that is for me, because yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. This news is so old. Yeah. That, that I know. Everyone else is going to be like, no shit, Imran. Tim Van Patten's a good director. So I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And it did. It reminded me, you know, some of the drama reminded me of Sopranos uh, interactions. Some of the sets reminded me of Rome the stuff he did on Rome. It's like a combination of everything. Uh, so I'm in for the ride listener. And yes, there will be game of Thrones discussion. Did, did on this you, show. did you watch it? Because I started watching it. Yeah. Fuck okay. yeah. I was All like, right. shit, you make it work for me. I got to keep up. I'm going to try to keep up. You, you'll probably, but I do like it. Me. Yeah, I do. I was getting I, into my it. prediction is Imran's going to blow past, 
you got you, oh, you okay. he's already he's gonna be done. He's gonna be done by no, like no, the end of the month. You are still ahead. You have seen the tenth episode. I have not. <laughs> so you are one. Every time I watch an episode, the tenth episode starts to make a little more sense. You're like, oh, now I remember. So maybe what we do, Anthony, you guys, I don't know. After we finish a season, maybe we talk about it and then uh, give it some time. We finish another season. We'll touch on. Sure, we'll, we'll figure something, something out. I don't know because, like you said, everyone's fucking watched this. This these shows are six years Everyone old. Everyone has watched it, but I will say that I've, even at people at work are like interested to see what I think of each episode. Yeah, because yes. Anthony watches it the best. Anthony watches it. The, I, <laughs> I mean, watch the, it the best. The best. The, the one thing that's bugging me is like all these characters have these great, like fanciful, made up, crazy fantasy names, and then there's a dude named Ned, and that just reminds me of Flanders. I'm like, really, Ned? Well, his name was Eddard, right? Yeah, I, that's right. So yeah. Ned is his uh, nickname. Yeah. Just Ned. It just does, it doesn't. The roll. one that sticks cover. out to me is John Snow. John Snow is still kind of a cool name. Sounds like a coke dealer. It does. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the code. That's what I tell my wife. I'm gonna go see my buddy Yo, John Snow. I'll be right back. Snow, yeah, John Snow's here. <laughs> that's that's the guy that party starts. He was in Training Day. That's the guy that Snoop Dogg hit up in the wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that the car- the actor. Yeah. Remember, he was in uh, Training Day in a wheelchair, uh, and then uh, Enzo Washington sticks a pen down his throat, and he's. Coughs up oh, cocaine. I need, I need to see my boy Jon Snow and my girl Mary Jane. You feel me? Right, you feel there you me? Go. That's what I'm talking about. So, yeah, Jon Snow, bastard son. We get it. There's White Walkers. There's a wall. Winter's coming, blah, blah, blah. You guys have known this for six years. We're just getting on the boat. Speaking of this, this announcement got a lot of people excited, Anthony. Yeah. I'm going to share some emails. First email from Joe Henry, Super Peyton Joe Henry. He goes, Imran, I'm really happy you're going to give Game of Thrones a try. I heard Anthony started on your last show. I hope I talked you guys into it. Remember, it starts off slow, but the last few seasons are the best yet. So don't give up. And I realized why Anthony watched the first season finale first. HBO seems to start their seasons off in the app showing the last episode first when you yes. click a season. Yes. But the, but the episode numbers are shown. You just have to scroll back. I hate that feature, to be honest. Why not start off with the first episode? Yeah, it's, in the it's like podcast, too. It's reverse chronological. And, and when I order. saw that, I saw season one, episode one. I didn't see the zero. And then that's where it got cut yeah, off. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> On a side note, I went to your site and made a purchase, a Jock and Nerd t-shirt to support your show. Nice. Yahoo. He picked like the gray. That's a great color. Yeah. Gray slate one. And he says, I hope Rugboy makes it back on the show soon. Oh, he's already back. Have a great weekend, Joe Henry. Thanks, Joe. You're I'm best. back for now. Who's the best, dude? He's, he's a Patreon supporter. He bought a shirt. He's a Joe, listener. you are the best. Love Joe Henry. You know what I do have to say, though. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't because of you. Okay. It's just, it's been building up. It's been, it's, it's been, been the up. build up. Yeah. Yeah. And event, we were like, and then when you dove in, I was like, motherfucker. All right. I'm going to fucking do this. L- Listen, man, when Sunday comes, I'm fucking amped. Just like when, uh, when Sopranos is on, when Sopranos was on, when Sunday hit, I was like, dude, I'm fucking amped for Sunday because I'm going to get to watch Sopranos. My, my friends will literally get together and like have dinner together and watch the fucking show. And I was like, this is like cultural movement. There aren't <laughs> many shows that deserve that kind of attention. Well, it's almost days. done. That's yeah, there's only yeah. one season left. I got a fever pitch. I got HBO specifically to watch The Sopranos. I had bought the DVDs. I caught up and I was like, I need to have fucking HBO for the last few seasons. Well, I was also having our like nerddom questioned by everyone because we weren't watching Game of Thrones. Look, we I say in the beginning of the show, this is comic book and superhero related stuff. It has nothing to do, but it is. If if I am going to catch up on Walking Dead. Right. Then I guess I should catch up on Game of Thrones. It's a way better show. But this is the thing. It's. It's in the same wheelhouse yeah. as these it's good storytelling. Like, you know, no, because like you're talking about 
when you talk about superhero shows, you're talking about doing something that requires a budget for effects, right. mm-hmm. creating sets, costuming, all of this thing, creating a new world. Mm-hmm. And then you're seeing it done at its at its best on the show. Absolutely. Wow. Like there's, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like they're really like, the sets are a fucking amazing. Money is no object. That fucking animal armor where there's like the Jaguar armor that they wear. Oh, it's so cool. The armor so, is amazing. This, let's, let's get rug boy real quick. So this show it's it's that fucking good, huh? I think well, as far as what you can do in a TV series mm-hmm. uh, that looks movie level, yeah, in its production value, I say yes. Would, this is. Would you say best it. show on television right now? No. Okay. I would say that it's the best show of its of its ilk. Okay. Like a fa- a fantasy show. Okay. Mm-hmm. I it, or anything that's kind of sci fi or fantasy or has to do with effects and sets and stuff like that. It's it's the best. Okay. That that's been done. And boobies. Lots of incests. Oh yeah. Well, it gets progressively less boobies as you go on. I do enjoy Amelia Clark's boobs. Yes, Amelia Clark was great. And well, that's the other thing is all these cats are showing up everywhere now. I know, and it's kind of cool when I to saw see the them. redhead Sansa. Yes. I was like, yes. "How do I Kobe recognize Turner. her?" Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's who it is. Amelia Clark, and you got uh, who's the other girl that's uh, doing stuff? Well, eventually, well, we're gonna we we saw Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa, yeah, with and, giant and eventually, if I'm not wrong, we'll see Finn Jones. <laughs> Oh, that's right. We will see. And Peter Dinklage is great Peter on Dinklage the show. Too, I love yeah. the Dinklage. Oh man, Amazing. I kind of want to. I gotta. Uh, I'm. I think I'm gonna really get into this. Uh, here's. I got another email from another awesome listener talking about uh, defenders. Wes Yank from Down Under says, "Hi guys. Yes, I did like it a bit better. I'm not as critical. I guess I was just looking to kill a few hours. Your points are valid, but I still rated it six point five. It's better than the DC TV shows." You're probably right there dropping the ball. Sports reference, Imran. Oh, shit. I'm going to go see Valerian this week. I hear it's crap from everyone, but I really want the big screen visuals. Love Luke Bassan. Got to get to work now. Keep up the good work. Oh, and trying to figure out how to charge, change card number on Patreon as lost old card. Don't panic if I drop off before I can switch numbers. Any ideas? Wes Cranford. Yank from down under. And actually, I wrote back. It's actually really easy. If uh, anybody wants to do that, you have to go to the website. You log into the thing and it says edit. Uh, you click on your pledge and you can edit and you can change your card and no interruption. So very easy. If you if you are confused, just email show at jockandnerd.com. Now, the email from Jimmy, which I got like today. Hey, guys, thanks for putting out another great show. So that last episode almost felt like a what the fuck happened with Delhauer rather than a review. You had me rolling. I am the first to admit that I am not some movie slash TV aficionado or critic. When I watch something, though, I'll say to myself, something isn't right here, or why does this bug me so much? Then I listen to your review, and I'm like, oh, that's why. So thank you for your critical analysis. One thing I didn't get enough of, though, was your guys' invitations of Danny Rand. Not nearly enough petulant man-child invitations. (laughs) I mean, seriously, my wife and I are watching The Defenders, and we know the scene is supposed to be serious. And here comes Finn Jones trying to be intimidating. All we could do is laugh our asses off. My biggest takeaway was something you guys mentioned in the review. It just felt empty. Like, okay, so that was it. A lot of buildup for not much of a payoff, unfortunately. Anyways, thanks for your insights and energy you guys bring each week. Loyal listener, Jimmy the Geek. P.S. Glad to hear Anthony is digging Game of Thrones. Don't worry. You guys both have plenty of time to catch up. The final season doesn't air until January. 2019. Oh, shit. So we have a, a, a good amount of time to catch up. Thanks, Jimmy, for writing in and uh, enjoying the review. 
Was he want like someone like I'm I'm Danny Ran? Well, he didn't really do a lot the of immortal those. Immortal Iron Fist, yeah, protector like, of Kun Lun. You're the what now? <laughs> I'm, I'm sworn the, destroyer of the hand. I'm the enemy of the hand. I'm Danny Ran. He always says like those four or five things <laughs> yes, every time. Keeps stating. I just I I love it. The, the Iron Fist. He, Kali, I'm immortal. I'm, immor- He's I'm like, the immortal God. Iron Fist. What <laughs> makes immortal. you immortal? What what? Can you can't die? <laughs> <laughs> it's my chi, Colleen, How could you do this? Colleen, they're their hand. Joe from uh, work always does the ugh. quote. Larry's like, where's Danny? And he's like, oh, he's upstairs recharging his chi. He's recharging his <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> God, Let's I go can't believe they made plaid. him so uncool. Uh, and like, and they made him like the focus point of the stupid defenders. What were you thinking? Should have been, should have been Wilson Fisk and not ninjas. Would have been better. Should have been uh, something else. Anyways, that's about it for the show. I just, I made a couple of guest appearances on another show I wanted to mention. Of course you did. There's a podcast called Zang This. Ooh. I got to Zang something. It was very exciting. But I, uh, I'm on episode 50 that just came out. We were talking about Spider-Man Blue and the movie and all things Spider-Man. Nice. So I love Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man. And Ellie and Zanger uh, are adorable. They're really cool. Great geeks. Would love to have them on our show. So thank you guys for asking the nerd on. And you can always catch me on Trivia Geeks and Sketching Comedy if you need more bullshit from the nerd. That's where you're going to find me, Rugs. Where can the people find you? Well, uh, on the streets, <laughs> hiding in very, un, un, various in underbrush. In the shadows, under the dumpster. In the shadows, and uh, on Twitter. And you can find me at Really Rugboy at Twitter. It's Really Rugboy. Yeah. Uh, of course, listeners, subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. But you can find us anywhere. Just visit jockandnerd.com and tell a friend. Anthony, any final thoughts for the listener? Let's set them off good for uh, it's a Labor Day weekend. Set them off good? All right. Go out and get fucked up. So last weekend in the summer, technically. Yeah. Not technically. Metaf- um, not metaphorically, but whatever. You know it's what I'm the saying. the beginning of the end of summer. Yeah, literally. literally. <laughs> no, nah, it's not literally. It, technically, I think summer ends later, but regardless, mm. everyone kind of considers this the last weekend of the summer. So go out and get fucked up. Monday, you probably don't have work. Sleep in. Go do some shit. Yeah. And I don't know why you listen to our show. Go get laid or something. But thanks for listening. Yep. Tell a friend. Spread the geekery. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. Well, peep you next time. Oops. What's up, fam? You later, fam. Fam? Image all day, son. <laughs> yeah, you're all monsters. Ah, uh, 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 yes. I see that you know your judo well. Get your hand off my penis! Shit is heavy, man. Talking nerd. Shit is heavy. <laughs> Gravity's a bitch. <laughs>